And now, before we officially begin this week's episode of the Boochcast, I have something very important that I need to discuss with all of you here at the Boochcast Nation. As you know, for many years now, I have been affiliated with a wrestling company called Universal Championship Wrestling. And the company is run by a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Gossett. I've known Ronnie for close to seven years now, and and anyone who knows Ronnie like I do knows what a bright light he brings with him everywhere he goes. Sadly, his declining health has added to the intense depression that he's fought since losing his daughters in 2017. Ronnie, in addition to being a wrestling promoter, also uses his musical gifts to spread joy to everyone around him and invest in his community every time he has the opportunity. Ron's health has begun to severely affect his quality of life and his ability to function independently. After being hospitalized, he has been advised by doctors that he doesn't have the one to two years it would take to get his health under control. However, there is a solution. Ron can get through this physical trial and thrive if he is able to raise the funds for a life-saving surgery. There is so much hope for his life, there is so much joy left for Ronnie to spread, and there are so many more fun nights he gets to create. Fighting diabetes that is out of control, coupled with blood flow issues and coronary heart disease, has brought intense pain to Ronnie's life daily and made even the most simple tasks incredibly difficult. He is losing the ability to work and provide for himself. Ron has been involved in the professional wrestling industry as a wrestler and a promoter for over 20 years with events that entertain many and also makes a living traveling throughout Georgia and South Carolina, facilitating karaoke and using his singing talent to entertain and inspire others. Ronnie will wear the mask of I'm okay forever and is the last person to ask for help. Trust me, I know this from experience. I love Ronnie to death, but he is a stubborn bastard, and he will never ask for help. He has needed friends to help him get to and from events in recent weeks, but struggles with shame, embarrassment, and believing that no one cares about him. His life matters, and it can be saved. Any amount helps. A surgery will save his life and give him the opportunity to live many more years blessing the lives of others, even reconnecting with his children in the future. And that is why I'm encouraging everyone to go to the GoFundMe page that we have on our Boochcast Facebook page and donate whatever amount you can to help him raise the money he needs for this life-saving surgery. The goal is to raise $15,000. Now, as I mentioned before, every little bit helps. So you're not required, obviously, to donate thousands of dollars if you don't have that kind of money to throw around. But every little bit that you can give helps. And just to show how serious I am about this, I personally, Vinny Bucci, have donated $50 to the GoFundMe campaign. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because I consider Ronnie a dear friend in addition to a coworker, and I desperately want him to get better. But the other reason is to show all of you, the Boochcast Nation, that I always practice what I preach. And the one thing that I always preach to you guys is that I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, ask any of you to donate money to any cause that I myself 
am not willing to donate to. So go to GoFundMe.com slash Saving Ron's Life. I will have links to this on the Boochcast Facebook and Twitter page for you guys to easily access and donate whatever amount you can. Every little bit helps no matter what it is. Don't feel like if you're donating a small amount, you're not contributing. You are helping us to reach this goal. Let's help Ronnie get back on his feet and get him the life-saving surgery he needs to thrive and provide and live a long and happy life. Um, can I get $500 in once?
All right, everybody, we are back with a brand new episode of the Boochcast. Party on, Vinny. Party on, Elvis. Now, this week's episode, ladies and gentlemen, is a special one um, for a specific reason that I have. Uh, this title of this week's episode is called Gameless Swaggerless Chump. Now, I know this is going to cause some confusion because some of you are looking at the title, you're looking at the picture that is going with the title, and I'm sure some people have sent me... Horrible comments by now. Um, at the time of recording this, I, it hasn't come out yet, so I haven't seen the comments. But I'm pretty sure some of y'all probably comment underneath, which tells me you haven't listened to the show. Um, before you hit the comments, let me explain what I mean by that. Um, recently, um, earlier this month, actually, um, a good buddy of mine, his name was uh, Jason Smith, uh, sadly passed away. Uh, he's been dealing with a lot of health problems over the years, and... Unfortunately, they finally caught up with him, and uh, sadly, he passed away at the age of 35. And uh, Jason is a guy that I met when I was at Georgia Perimeter College. Uh, we took a film appreciation class together, and Jason and I became really good friends because, uh, like myself, he was a diehard mega wrestling fan. Uh, he actually came with me to uh, WrestleMania when we was at the Georgia Dome. Uh, we went to we went to WrestleMania that year. He went with me. Um, we've also um, hung out multiple times, and uh, he was very much a strip club enthusiast. Uh, so because of him, I've seen pretty much every strip club in Atlanta except Magic City. And so Jason and I pretty much hung out for many, many years. And then, unfortunately, like most friends, we eventually lost contact with each other because our lives went in different directions. But uh, we talked every now and then, and we stayed friends, and I found out through uh, a relative who had made a post and tagged him in it uh, that he had passed away. And when, and when we were in college, he used to, like most friends, he was very much into ball busting. And because uh, every time we were around uh, girls, I was not exactly a ladies' man. Not that I am now, but I'm ten times more confident now than I was when we were in college. Um, so he used to call me all the time a gameless, swaggerless chump because I could never get the girls. Or I was always shy and nervous around them. Meanwhile, Jason would flirt with every girl that came his way and was always successful. In fact, uh, Jason actually introduced me to the girl that I dated in college, and which is actually pretty cool too. So uh, I had a lot of history with Jason. He was a very good friend of mine. So uh, the reason I'm calling this gameless, swaggerless chump is in honor of his passing. So the phrase is not directed at him. It's a phrase he used to call me all the time. So that's why I chose that as the title. And one thing I loved about Jason was the fact that he was a filmmaker. Uh, he actually went to Full Sail University before NXT took it over. Like he actually told, he actually called me uh, when he when NXT announced they were going to Full Sail University, and he was pissed off because it happened like. Basically, a, he graduates from college, and then a year later, NXT comes to Full State University. He's like, motherfucker, he was pissed. So That's crazy, because I, I used to live like down the road from there. I used to party with so many people at that college. Really? Yeah, um, I live like down the street off Goldenrod Street, like down the street. Uh, when I moved from Indiana to Florida, my friend, he went to Full Sail uh, for some kind of music thingamabob they're doing over there. And, um, yeah, I met a whole bunch of cool people out there, and I partied hard with those people. Those guys party hard. It's like, imagine all the AV nerds from all across America coming to the same place. Now, it's expanded so much. I mean, but the college expensive. It's like, do you want to put a, 
uh, down deposit on a house or whatever because it's so expensive. You got no people. Um, now it's like multimedia. You got like, you know, filming, directing, music. Um, it's got so many different things. They have like night classes. They have day classes. It's worked all around. So um, I don't know. I mean, when when was you there? Um, it was like, I believe it was 2008, nine was when you went down there, like maybe nine or 10. Somewhere between 2008, 2010. What was his name? Uh, Jason. Jason. Smith. Jason Smith. Jason. Jason Smith. I don't know. I don't know. I hung out with that crowd over there, so I was there that, at that time, too, so I don't know. Yeah, he, because we, we were at a Georgia Perimeter, and then after Perimeter, he transferred over to Full Sail, and then I transferred to Georgia State, and then we kind of lost contact for a bit till he came back to Georgia, and then we just spoke every now and again, but we... Like, literally, when we were in college, we were total bros. And, you know, we actually talked about, um, you know, because I told him that I wanted to be a comedian. He wanted to be a filmmaker. At one point, I even talked about, I, I actually said to myself, if I ever got an if I ever got an HBO or Showtime special, because keep in mind, uh, I don't think Netflix was around at this time, or if they were, they weren't doing comedy specials. So, back then, people still no, shopped they were, for it. They, like they, were, they, were they were just a DVD company, I think. Yeah, exactly. Time. So back then they weren't a streaming service yet. So I was we, back then comedians were still shooting for hopefully getting a special on HBO or Showtime. Those were the two main places or Comedy Central. It was like one of those three. So I always said if I ever got an HBO special, I would want Jason to direct it. And, we, and that was literally something we talked about all the time because we used to, you know, I would talk about like if or if he got successful as a filmmaker, he would cast me in his films and stuff. So we really really just like hit it off in college and we were like like i said we were both wrestling fans on top of that so it made it even better um so he was just a really good friend so he'd be really funny if he became a director if he made you the direct if he was a director or he was making a movie it'd be funny to make you like the love interest only because you're swaggerless whatever he called you (laughs) just as a pun just to be like i'm gonna gonna try to make Vinny this bigger than life you know lovable teddy bear pretty much yeah and they'll be like well in a movie it's like in the movies it's true but in reality not so much <laughs> yeah like, like, like literally there, there were times where if i talked to a girl and i struck out he was looking at me and go gsc and that was the code he would just say the initials gsc and that's yeah which again was gameless swaggerless chump that was his that was his that was the big insult he would always give me oh wow yeah and yeah it was like at first, I was kind of like, dude, what the fuck? But eventually, I understood he was just fucking with me. So, it was like early stages of that. So, he used to, that was a phrase he used to use all the time. He used it on me, and he used it on any other friend he had that just did not have a way with the ladies. Which, back then, I did not have a way with the ladies at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing's really changed, Vinny. We all know that. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I have I have racked up some pretty big numbers, so... I mean, from your wallet, or <laughs> uh, some of them were some of them were a little expensive. Uh, I did, I did eventually find some affordable, you know, affordable fun. Is it cheaper to date, or is it cheaper just to buy a hooker? I wonder. I don't know, man. I just in your personal opinion. Honestly, um, I mean, I think well with the well. Here's the difference with the hooker. You're definitely getting sex. That's the difference. With the date, you don't know. You could literally spend all this money and not get a damn thing. With the hooker, unless she plans to rob you, you're getting something out of it. I mean, she'll even tell you she loves you, too, just for that instant gratification. Yeah, totally. 
But that, I don't know. But that I mean, can happen on a date too. So. But it looks like you do. Oh, trust me, dude. I. Oh. oh, trust me. It can happen, dude. It happens everywhere. But like he. But yeah, like I said, like he used to be like a heavy like strip club addict. Like he was one of those guys where I'm looking. I'm like, he does know the stripper just wants his money, right? I couldn't tell. I mean, then 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 again, I wasn't an expert. Oh, he was a. Oh, he was. Oh, he was a strip club. Per- okay, gotcha, yes, gotcha. He, I think he, he was like a dance club. No, he, no he, yo, he liked to go to strip clubs. Like, there was this one called Pinups in Decatur. We used to go there. We used to go there a bunch of times. It was that was when I learned the lesson, and I talked about this in my act uh, recently, um, where I talk about the difference between five dollar dances and ten dollar dances, and I learned this from all the strip clubs he took me to, because there were some that were five dollars, and there were some that were ten dollars. Now, Elvis. I don't know how many strip clubs you've been to, but do you know the difference between a $5 dance and a $10 dance? Nope, I do not. Here it is. With a $10 dance, the music eventually stops. That's the difference. And if you and you think about it, I don't know how, if you go to anytime you're in a strip club, like we'll use Oasis as an example because we've been to that one before, you and I. Um, you know that. You, you get, you know, there's a dancer, you give her money, she dances, takes off her clothes and everything. But then you notice the music eventually stops, right? DJ stops playing music, and you have a choice. You can either give her the money and send her on her way, or get another dance. And then she'll keep dancing when the music plays again. But there's always that downtime with the music. At a $5 strip club, the music doesn't stop. It's There's one song that bleeds into another song that bleeds into another song that bleeds into yet another song. So you're sitting here with this girl giving you a lap dance. You think it's one song. You're like, this is the longest goddamn song I've ever heard. You don't realize 15 minutes has gone by and you're about to owe this bitch 75 bucks. Oh, shit. And yes, that shit has happened to me. So it's it's a fucking setup. You think, oh, $5, it's cheaper. No, they're scamming your ass. If it says $5, do not go in that motherfucker. And if you do, don't drink. You gotta be sober so you can pay attention. Gotta be vigilant. Otherwise, you're gonna walk, otherwise, they're gonna gonna bankrupt your ass. You can't get drunk at a $5 strip club because you need all your senses, man. All of them. You gotta be on your toes in a $5 strip club, $5 dance club. Go to the $10 one if you wanna drink. You can be more calm and mellow. Shit's more organized. Yeah, you know, it's weird. Like, you know, when I was younger, I was into strip clubs. I just don't care for them. My wife's more into it than I am. Really? She's always like, let's go to a strip club. I'm like, yeah. Wait, wait. Seriously? Yes, she is. Oh, my God. Dude. Just when I... Dude, ladies and gentlemen. I know. Just when I thought she couldn't get any cooler. Oh, my God. No wonder you married this girl, dude. This You hit the fucking jackpot, bro. (laughs) Jesus. I know, I know, I know. She's like, you know, everybody goes to the strip club, and like, I don't know, it's kind of weird. I mean, like, you know, when I was younger, yeah, it's cool, but now it's like, you know, you, you wise up, and it's kind of like, oh, they're just there for that. And it's cool to sit there and look from time to time, but now it's just like, I just don't really care anymore. I just don't want to deal with it. Um, it's just a me thing, really. Um, I just kind of grew out of it. When I was younger, I dated strippers, too, so I kind of <laughs> killed the facade, too, a long time ago. Um you know, I dated one and met the whole crew backstage. I'm like, oh, what's up, whores? How you doing? <laughs> and they'll, they'll call them whores, but, you know, um, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, once you kind of see, once you get past the because I remember my first time, I think I was like 18. I was up in uh, Chicago. Um, no, I was like in the northern Indiana, Chicago area. This place called Dolls or the Dollhouse or something. I forgot what it was. Yeah. Anyways, 
So I went there and uh, 18 years old, you know, got in. I was like a deer in headlights, all these beautiful women everywhere. I'm 18, you know, young, dumb, and full of cum, just ready to fucking just look at titties and ass all day. So <laughs> I go there and with my friend Steve, and uh, I don't know what it was, but there was this one girl, and she was nothing spectacular. She wasn't like, you know, big tits and big round ass. She just had some kind of look to her. And I was mesmerized by her. I was taken for a fool. And the thing is, like, I was just so, like, you know, I, I mean, I think I just got paid. I think I spent, well, it doesn't matter how much I spent, but I spent too much money, especially with her. And I'm like, oh, I just spent money, and now I have to leave and go back to the house and jerk off because nothing came of this. I'm like, I'm done with this. Bye. I'm done. Oh, exactly. Like, I remember when, when I was 21, my dad took me to a strip club for the first time ever because uh, my dad, you, like, you know that Hilton Hotel that's near the Oasis? Yeah. My dad used to work there years ago. Um, oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah my, my dad, dad was the GM of that hotel for a while. Uh, this is like, like, like the early, this is like the 2007, 8 time period. This is around the time I was 21. Um, he used to work there until so he got let go. And he, when he was, for lunch, they would go to the Oasis. They would hang out there for like lunch and stuff. It was nearby. And so my dad kind of knew everybody there. So that's why my dad took me there. For my 21st birthday, I could finally, you know, I was old enough to drink, and he knew at some point I would be going to strip clubs, so he wanted to take me there to kind of teach me how to behave in a strip club. Because the weird thing for me was, this is also right around the time when I was dating Rochelle, who was the first girl I ever dated, uh, like seriously. Um, and before that time, I had seen naked women, but only on TV. I hadn't really seen it like up close and personal, you know, in my face like that. So I'm trying to act like I've been there before. And at the time I had never fucking been there before. So it was, so it was, it's it's, it's definitely, it's definitely like a mesmerizing experience because so, you know, before you're 18, you have like this idea of what it is and you go out there. It's like, Oh, it's even better. Cause it's like, like right in front of you. There's no screen between you. There's nothing like that. So you go out there, I'm like, oh, there's a girl in a thong. There's another girl in a thong. Well, she's in a thong, too. Oh, and her teddies are coming out. I, I mean, I wasn't, like, spazzing out, but at the same time, like, you know, when your eyes get, like, really big, like, it's like, whoa. Especially for being 18. You know, it's like, you date girls in high school, you know, from time to time, whatever, and some of them are prudes. And, I mean, some of them just don't put out. It's fine. I mean, I respect that. It's fine. But, like, being, like, 18, being able to, you know, buy cigarettes. Now you got to be 21. That's crazy. But, nonetheless, back then, you're 18, you can buy cigarettes. I'm like, I can buy cigarettes and go to a strip club. And that's exactly what I did. Bought cigarettes, went to a strip club, saw a bunch of titties, and I went home with blue balls. <laughs> yeah. And here's, here's, but here's the funny thing, though, is that when I went there that night, uh, my neighbor Terry, who you've met, that lives two houses down, um, yeah. he went with us that night. So we're all there at this club, and uh, I think there's one other guy. can't remember who it was. Um, so this is me, my, it's me, my dad, Terry, and this other guy. They're all kind of hanging out. And while we were there, you know, I talked to Terry and I said, uh, Rhonda, his wife's name is Rhonda. I said, I said, Hey man, is Rhonda cool with you coming out to the club? And Terry said, Oh yeah, she's totally fine with it. She doesn't give a fuck at all. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. And, he, and here's what he said. He goes that every time he goes to the club, she's hundred percent okay with it. And the reason is because, you know, you, like you said, you walk out with blue balls. So by the time Terry leaves the club and gets home, he's got blue balls and a hard dick. So obviously he wants to fuck. Who benefits from that? Rhonda. <laughs> He's like, well, both of them. Exactly. Well, both of them actually. He's in a 
He's the east in there thinking about Cherry, who's been swinging from the poles all night and taking it on his wife, so. Exactly. <laughs> and and they've been married so long, she don't give a shit. And, you know, it's fine because she doesn't, she doesn't do any foreplay, she doesn't do any work. He's already there. They can just do it. As soon as he gets out of the club, he fucking rushes home. He rushes home in his truck. He's like, <laughs> Exactly. He's like, honey, get the stove ready. Let's get this thing done. <laughs> And then she just sit there waiting in the bed, and she's like, I, I should be talking about my, my parents like that. It's horrible. She's like, I already got supper ready. <laughs> but sorry, sorry. I didn't even think about it until I said it. I'm like, fuck, I should not be talking about this at all. <laughs> it's all but right. But you started, Vinny, so this is on you, too. Hey, I don't care. This is I'm... for you starting it up. Hey, he told me the story, so it's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying anything no. bad. It's yeah, but bad. the thing is, we're, 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 we're. It's not saying anything bad, but we're actually like you know podcasting it across the globe. But that's fine, no big deal. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, that it's a, it's a good story. It's a happily married couple that still has fun. I mean, that's there shouldn't be anything wrong with that. That's it's a, that's a compliment. It's like if you're it's like it's when your parents are not doing it anymore that you need to be concerned. That's at least what my mom said. To me. <sighs> go buy her. I have to go buy her an edible arrangement now. Thanks. <laughs> It's like here is a, is it an edible arrangements? Little strawberries and cantaloupe and chocolate and shit, whatever. Anyways, anyways, you owe her a pizza or something. I don't know. You owe her something. Well, we'll make it up to her. If she if, if she if she if she gets upset, we'll make it up to her. Hell, we already we're, we're already making uh, it up to Zach. She's, she's I mean she's a, she's a really cool chick, so I think she'd be pretty cool with it. If not, then you have to buy her something, Vinny. I'm putting it all on you. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I just. I don't, I don't know if she I'll has tell a birthday. You have to get her that, that you, know, she, you, know, you know she drinks that soda. I forgot which one it is, though, but you have to buy her a case of whatever that soda is. So Zevia? There you go. Yeah, I think it's Zevia. I know where to find that. Is that what it is? I think so. Okay, there you go. It's, 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 they either have that say, or Coca-Cola. I'm not Coca -Cola. sure if you're mad or not, but... Uh, okay, well, get her to Zevia, because I think it's the one she drinks. Yeah. So I think they get Coca-Cola for you, I think. Well, the Coca-Cola is for John, because John's heavy into, into Coca-Cola. He, he has to have it. He's huge into Coke. I get it. He's using to coke. We get it. All right. Well, it's true because he, he, he's like, he's like, wow. I was like, I was like, I was like, wow, dude, you got a twenty, you got like a twelve pack in here. He goes, and he was talking about how addicted he is to soda, which I am too. And I said, dude, well, and, I, and this is what I said to him. I said, dude, if you're so addicted to soda, why is it every time I offer you one, you always say no? And he said to me, and he gave the best answer. He said, because Pepsi is trash, but I'm not gonna say that in your house because that's disrespectful. And I went, good point. I couldn't argue it. <laughs> I mean, I like Pepsi, but not really. I mean, I, like, I grew up. I grew up on Pepsi. I came from the north, so yeah, I grew up on Pepsi. Um, so I remember when I made the transition when I came down south, and like you know, everything was Coke, 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 Coke. You know, um, everything was Coca Cola. So, um, but I remember like living down in Florida, I'd have like you know me making my horrible drinks, whatever mixed drinks, it'd be with uh, Pepsi. And then eventually, uh, I found out because I was I was paying extra money to get Pepsi down in Florida, but Cokes are so much cheaper. So, and every time I go to the grocery store, it's like, you buy one 12-pack, you get one for free. It seemed like every time I went there every week, it was always like, buy one, get one free. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get Coke. And then you know what, though? Roman Coke tastes so much better. Um, you know, Jack and Coke taste so much better. Um, even back then, I, it's going to sound cringeworthy, vodka and Coke tasted better. So, yeah, I, I, I just mixed anything with anything at the time when I was younger. You, you, know, when you, you know when you're young and stupid and you just drink anything just to mix it? I mean, <laughs> how, many times have, how many times have people had Kool-Aid with rum? It, it sounds disgusting, but it worked. I mean, um, <laughs> hey, I, when, I, 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 when I, I learned, learned people, people mix vodka, vodka with orange juice, juice that, that was my, like, what? 
but apparently that works. No, it does because like yeah, because it's like you know it's refreshing. It tastes good and it mixes well too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely good. Oh yeah, yeah it, it definitely, definitely is. is. Um, but anyway, and uh, so in that's in this long crazy roundabout way, that's that's why I have this title for the show. So I will say um, you know one more time, rest in peace to my buddy Jason Smith. Uh, um, I'm my thoughts go out to his mom who. I hope is uh, dealing with this in, in her own way, and hopefully she can um, she's able to get through it because uh, losing a kid is heavy. And um, what did, who did you um, how, how did he pass? If you want me asking. Um, apparently he had some. Um, it was just like he had he had health he had like health problems. Like he was he was very much diabetic. I know that much, and I know he had like you know I know part of okay. his I know he had part of his foot amputated like many years ago. Um, so I, I'm so no so I, I I but I thought he had it under control last time I the last time I spoke to him which was like I think it was like a year or two ago was the last time I talked to him uh, he seemed to be doing okay so that's why I was shocked when he when I heard that he passed but he de- he definitely had a uh, you know a lot of health problems and complications oh wow and uh, but uh, that's crazy yeah it is. Like it's yeah, it's a little bit scary when you start to when you start to see somebody you're close to have that because then you're kind of kind of makes you reevaluate yourself a little bit. So you get you get nervous. But um, anyway, so anyway, we're gonna shift this over here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I like I said, I wanted to talk a little bit a moment about my friend there, and that's why I'm glad we got to tell some funny stories in the middle. But um, I do also have a announcement that I want to make. And uh, Elvis, this one's gonna make you very happy. Um, as I Yay. Did, yes, because um, as I mentioned uh, last a, a few episodes back, while Elvis and I were recording, um, I was getting interrupted by phone calls, and uh, to say that I was pissed about it is to say the Atlantic Ocean is damp. So I got on the phone, I dealt with those problems, and I said that I had a big project in the works or something big going on uh, that was going to be life-changing, and I was thinking about whether or not to accept this new endeavor. And you can hear Elvis, say, and Elvis was telling me 100%, Vinny, you should take it. And, you know, some people told me to take it, but to be skeptic, but to uh, ask questions, be skeptical. And it took me at least two weeks to really think about this um, because I did not want to enter into this decision lightly because I wanted to make sure that, A, I was going to have time to do it, and B, that it was going to be financially worth my while. I had conversations. I weighed the pros and cons, but I'm happy to announce that as of a few days ago, I am now the official manager of Marcus Alexander Buff Bagwell. Congratulations, pal. I'm glad you did it. Yes, I it was not an easy decision, but I decided to take the job. And uh so far it's so far it's been great. That is awesome. There you go, man. I'm super excited about you. I know you you were contemplating, you'll go back and forth, and you called me. I remember the first time you tried calling a whole bunch of times, you're like, Elvis, I got something important to tell you. Um, and I, and I, you, know, you know me, either I have my phone on me directly, or I don't have it at all. Um, it's hit or miss with me. Most of the time I have it on me. Um, if you, I, I call you when I'm at work all the time, right? I call you, hey, what's up, buddy? I'm, I'm in between jobs. Like, if I'm going from one location to another, I'll talk to you for, like, what, 20, 30 minutes, whatever. And I'm like, all right, I'm in the, my next stop. But you call me one afternoon, you're like, oh, I got some big news. You got to call me back. And I didn't get it to the next morning. I'm like, what's going on? And you're like, oh, I, you know, I got offered the job. And, no, man, I think you're going to do good. I told you, man, you, you know, you're going to surprise yourself with what you're capable of doing and how it's all going to go. So I'm, I'm really proud of you. I think you're going to do great. Yeah. So well, so, and so far, what basically what I've done was uh, I helped him out with his website a little bit. Um, for example, he has some um, some uh, DVDs for sale, and uh, this is this is a shameless plug, but it's also me discussing what my job has been. So basically, his website is marcusbuffbagwell.com. 
That's his official website. And he has a store where he sells uh, DVDs. And basically the DVDs he has for sale are The Good, The Bad, and The Buff, which is a DVD of Buff basically telling his life story. And he's being and, – and there's also an interview segment with Nigel McGinnis is actually in this. And Nigel basically interviews Buff in the documentary. And then they have another one called uh, Buff the Stuff – which taught, which has some um you know classic matches and stuff on it, but then they have this one that's called the Ult the Archive Collection of Buff Bagwell, and basically it is a five volume DVD set that encompasses every major aspect of his career. Huh. For example, uh, volume one is basically his his time being in a tag team with Two Cold Scorpio. Because him and Scorpio used to be a tag team many years ago. So it has Buff, Scorpio, and their manager was Teddy Long. Oh, wow. And so basically he wanted to change it up. So what I did was I took a picture of the back of the DVDs. So if you go there right now, you see the front cover and the second page is the back cover. And it lists all the ma- all the best matches of Buff and Scorpio as a team. For example, they had matches against, against like, like the, the Nasty, Nasty Boys, Boys. Uh, the, the Hollywood Blondes. Blondes. Uh, they've, they've had, had Paul Orndorff and Steven Regal, uh, the, the Wrecking Crew, uh, Pat Rolls and JD Wolf. Like uh, Harlem Heat too. Um, there, there is, but not with Scorpio. Okay. For example, the next there's a volume two that's just Buff Bagwell as a singles wrestler, as Buff the Stuff. So they have matches of him against uh, Diamond Dallas Page, uh, Ernest Miller. Uh, Rick Steiner, Van Hammer, Steven Regal, uh, The Barbarian, Fit Finley, Lex Luger, Ric Flair, and The Macho Man Randy Savage are on that DVD. That's cool. And then there's then the next then the, the volume three is Stars and Stripes. He's in a tag team with uh, the Patriot Del Wilkes, and uh, they had matches and their classic matches were against uh, Pretty Wonderful, which was Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma. Um, they faced Bobby Eaton and Steve Kearns, Arn Anderson and Bam Bam Bigelow, um, Harlem Heat. They did have a match with Harlem Heat. Uh, the Three Faces of Fear, Bad Attitude, just to name a few. And then the next one is him and Scotty Riggs as the American Males is volume four. American Males, American Males, American Males, American Males. And dude, it never gets old. Oh, it doesn't. And of course, Harlem Heat's in this one, and they have their matches against Harlem Heat, the Steiner Brothers, uh, Ric Flair and the Giant, uh, Public Enemy, um, the Barrio Brothers, um, Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater, uh, Meng and Lex Luger, uh, Sting and Lex Luger, uh, The Faces of Fear, uh, Benoit and Arn Anderson. Like, there's uh, Nasty Ned and Pat Tanaka. Like, there's, and as a bonus feature, you have the music video for the American Males is in this DVD. Nice. And, and then the last one. Is there a video of him, what? Is there, is there a video of him slamming uh, Conrad Thompson to the mat or something? <laughs> Uh, not on this one, but I'm sure I'm, one day it's gonna fucking happen. I hope if I hope to God it does. Oh yeah, me too. I just can't understand why someone like Buff Bagwell got in a ring. I've never been in a ring myself. I'm just a mortgage broker out of Alabama who decided to get into wrestling and marry a mayor of Flair. And uh, you know, I just feel like I'm hot britches and I get in fights. I have a show with Eric Bischoff. I just recently got in a fight with them and we haven't spoken since. Um, here in Alabama, we don't take kindly to people like that. You know. I'm just a guy who likes wrestling and does mortgage broken, but at the same time, I, I just can't stand a buff bagel guy. I just He just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't get it. I mean, 
I'm not one of the boys. I, I do have my little shows and such, but, uh, you know, me, Conrad Thompson, I just can't stand that Buff Bagwell. And, you know, I hope someday he calls me out and we get into a wrestling fight and I'll slap him around or something because I'm Conrad Thompson and I do what I want. Hey, hey, Conrad, I know you're from Alabama, but uh, can you answer me this question? Uh, do you know why, uh, you know how you know a toothbrush was invented in Alabama? Go on. Because if it was invented anywhere else, it'd be called a teeth brush. That's clever. I like that. I want to use that sometime. <laughs> you know, when I tell my wife to get the teeth brush um, for what I have to do every morning, I got I to gotta brush her chompers really hard because she's got some bad teeth on there. I do, too. It's hereditary. My grandma had bad teeth. My pop-pop had bad teeth. And, well, sometimes, and, you know, over here where I'm from, you know, I just like to bash other people because I wasn't quite physical and talented enough to do anything else except for use my words and because of my mortgage broker deal you know i was able to kind of get myself over and become friends with all these people and get guests on there but you know it just i just feel like my opinion supersedes any talent that's ever been in the ring before especially buff bagwell because i'm just conrad thompson i don't just give two flying fucks about anybody especially by buff and god i hope and i god i hope we never see him but uh, also, the, and then of course the last one. I hope he one, does. I hope he slams them. I hope like fucking Buff just like gorilla presses that motherfucker into space. Oh, dude, I love it. I would. I as his manager, if I'm there, I'm totally videotaping it and putting the shit on YouTube. Hundred percent. I would love to see like it'd be so cool. If Buff, like I know he's strong. He can sit there and just fucking Canadian destroyers ass through a fucking table. That'd be so <laughs> badass. Like just imagine the visual. Buff goes out to him. Comrade's like, oh shit. He's like, oh yeah, it's Buff time, baby. Punch, you know, just right into the fucking face. Conrad, he's like all woozy. What the hell is going on? And, you know, a buff destroyer. Boom, done. Exactly. <laughs> that's how you know, but, but you know. That's, and that's how you know buff, Buff's ready for another run. Because not only does he have the basics of old school wrestling, he has the basics of new school wrestling. Yeah, he, wrist lock, right? Was it wrist lock, snap mirror, and a Canadian destroyer? Yeah, it's like, it's hip toss, drop down, destroyer. <laughs> There you go. That's basic wrestling 101. So he knows it. And then, of course, the last volume in the collection is a gimmick that Buff Bagwell had that most people don't know, unless you're a diehard Buff fan. And that was The Handsome Stranger. I don't think I know that one. And he also had another gimmick called Fabian. Oh, you're 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 delving deep into Buff's history. I don't know any of this stuff. I got I got to look this stuff up. But yeah, and it's in it's in the archive collection. And basically, because in the beginning, that those were the gimmicks he had before he became just Marcus Alexander Bagwell, and then later became Buff Bagwell. So oh. he went through some different gimmicks. So there's matches with him as the handsome stranger taking on. Uh, uh, Eddie Gilbert, uh, Steve Pritchard, Barry Horowitz, Mike Davis, Ed Robinson. Um, and then, of course, as Fabian, he took on Billy Jack and Steve Pritchard. And then he had a title match against Steve the Brawler Lawler. So Buff had some. Buff had an early gimmick, too. So it's basically five DVDs that you get and only cost you 100 bucks for five DVDs. How much is the DVDs? Um, all together, it's 100. You get all five for 100 bucks for all, all five. five. Oh, no. So, and, and then, then can we get a t-shirt or something with it, or do we get a sticker, <laughs> or do we get like the buff is the stuff? I mean, I'm, I'm do we sure, get a hug from buff. I'm, I'm sure, sure you do. do. I'm, I'm sure you get, get like. I'm sure, sure there'll be an autograph, autograph picture, picture something included. included. Um, well, I'm not gonna, well, I'm not gonna lie to you. I did get an autograph, and I did get a hug too. So when I met him at uh, Comic Con like two years ago or whatever it was, it was oh, yeah. like oh, two years ago. And, and then also, if you go to the contact, and then and then you go to bookings and contact. You hit, you hit the, the contact, contact button, button, you see, see a whole... I, I, and this, this, this was a part that I got. I was, I was given full permission to customize this page. page. So it's basically, this information includes me. 
So what, what I, did I did was I took a screenshot of the banner that we have hanging up here in the studio and put it on the site. So it says Boots 365 Entertainment with my phone number, and then I took a, and then I took my headshot, put it on there, and then put my name and my email, and then wrote, "If you don't get an answer, please leave a voicemail." And I put it in all caps so people understand. Leave a voicemail, and your car will be and your call will be returned within 24 hours. And also, you'll notice in the voicemail, I say leave your name, number, and a detailed message. Please describe in detail what you want because I need to know this is going to be a call that's important. So, because I get you. So you could be someone like, oh, yeah, uh, my name is Jared. And uh, you want to hire Buff uh, to go to Alabama and slam the shit out of fucking Conrad Thompson? Is that possible? Actually, it was funny. We were just in Alabama a, a, a week ago. A, a week ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this past Saturday, uh, Buff had a gig in Boaz, Alabama. So we had to go to Boaz, Alabama. Boaz, Alabama. Yeah, and this... So we're at this show, and it's this guy that's been like a promoter for like 40 years. So Buff's known this guy for a while. That's cool. And literally the entire crowd was there to see Buff. I shit you not. He literally drew the house. And so we did this thing where, and Buff loves to do this, where at intermission, but we don't call it intermission, um, at intermission, he basically fans line up outside the ring. You pay $5, and you get in the ring, and you take a Polaroid picture with Buff. And he lets you oh, – wow. and, let, and, and if you want, you can even, he'll, you can wear the top – you can hold the top hat. You can wear the top hat in the picture. And then afterwards, you get the um, – you get, and you get like a free 8x10. And then after the show, we were at a gimmick table where Buff signed the 8x10s, and then we sold some extra ones. And then we had some DVDs and stuff. So we got to do that during intermission. And what was cool was the main event was a battle royal. And it was basically a team battle royal with like some baby faces against some heels. And the heels come out, cut a promo on Buff. Buff responds. So they got a mic thing going back and forth. And then later in the match, uh, they want Buff to interfere in the battle royal. Now, for those of you who may not know, Buff is re still recovering from his accident that he was in. So technically, it'll be about two or three months before he can before he'll be medically cleared to wrestle again. But because Buff is such a great personality, he can still get booked for shows because they can find things to do with him. So what they did was they decided to get in the ring. Buff would get in the ring. The heels would try to attack him, and he would throw powder in their face, and they would take a bump. He would basically powder their faces. The baby faces would then throw them over the top rope, and then they would win and celebrate with Buff. So and so basically, he took he took some baby powder, and he had, he had a little bottle of baby powder, and he would just squeeze it. The powder would hit their face, and they would hit the ground. And it was fucking awesome. Oh, wow. Like the that way it, good. That sounds amazing. Oh yeah, because the way it was timed though, it worked. Like there was one moment where, and this and this is how great some wrestlers are. We had a botch in the beginning that was recovered so quickly you wouldn't have noticed it. Because what happened was uh, the guy runs at Buff, but Buff didn't have the powder open all the way. So when he squirted it, nothing came out, and the guy still bumped because he just bumped on instinct. But he quickly realized there's no powder on my face. So within within a second, he leaps back up. Runs at Buff again. This time Buff had it all the way open. Hits him with the powder and he falls. Oh wow! But the guy on instinct got up. So, but he but he knew to get up and run at him. Like don't sit there and pretend there's powder on your face when there's no powder on your face. That's the dumbest there's thing no you can powder. do. <laughs> so he knew to get right. back up. And here's and here's how it worked. Because the, as far as the fans were concerned, he took a bump because he just flinched. And then he realized, wait, there's no powder. Goes back to hit him. Boom! There's a the powder. So. The timing was perfect. 
So it looked like the and because and because the guy's a heel, it doesn't make him look bad because heels are allowed to look ridiculous. Baby faces aren't. So it was perfect. Okay. Because because that's that's the advantage to being a heel is you can do whatever you want. You can be aggressive. I know, that's you can, why I love heels so much. Yeah, you can be aggressive. You can be you can be aggressive and scared at the same time. You can blend the two. Baby faces can only be aggressive. They're not allowed to be scared unless someone's in jeopardy. Like if you have like like if the, like if the baby face has a girlfriend and the heel's about to smash this chair over the is about to smash her with a steel chair, then the baby face can be scared for her life. But other than that, you are not allowed to be scared of a heel. You're a baby face. But a heel can sit there and go, please don't hurt me, and it's totally fine. So it was very well done, and everybody there was professional, so that was a lot of fun. And then so I got to, I got to be a part of that, which is great. And then of course, um, and then of course by the time you guys hear this, we've already had two other gigs happen. Uh, we actually had a on Saturday. We actually are at the time we're taping this hasn't happened yet, but on Saturday we're go, we're doing this gig with Paul Lee, which is supposed to be interesting. Um, and then Sunday we're going to South Carolina to do a road story with him and Steiner. Oh wow, Steiner should be pretty intense. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> Steiner's a good guy. Which I'd be scared to be. The, I'd, I'd be scared to be the same car. Oh well, we're not. Well, I'm not riding with Steiner. I'm just riding with Buff. Okay. Yeah. Steiner likes to ride by himself. He don't really like. He doesn't really have a group with him. So okay. Plus, I would. I don't know if I would want to. I wouldn't be comfortable driving a car with Steiner in it. I just wouldn't. Yeah, man. If I if I don't turn the right way, he'll just put me in the center recliner. I'm like, nope, Scott. I'm sorry. Exactly. Use like, your damn signals, Elvis. I'm like, damn it, Scott. I'm sorry, Rick. <laughs> oh God. Oh yeah. And then and then you kill me. He probably snap my neck and throw me out the window, and that'd be my life. Yeah. And what'd you do? It's like, what'd you do? I changed the radio station on Scott. Oh shit. Why'd you do that? <laughs> Yes, yes, you never. Yes, well, you. Why ne would you do that? Exactly. You you, you don't, don't fuck with someone else's radio, Zach. You just don't do that. that. Like, like it's, it's not a, a smart thing to Zach? do. Zach, you just called me Zach. No, I was trying to do a. I was trying to. I was. I'm. I'm assuming oh. Zach is listening to this. So I was trying to say. Actually, actually, you know what though? It's funny. I saw the guy today. I saw Zach today. Oh, you did? Yeah, man. By accident, I went to the gas station. I had um uh, had some papers and stuff to throw out at the gas station at the gas station, and then um. I had to go use the restroom. So I threw the papers out, go into the bathroom, and then he's sitting there with his backpack on black. But I didn't see him, so you know I went to my stalls and go pee. And then he turned around and he was like, Elvis? And I'm like, who's called me in the bathroom? And I turned around and it was a soulless ginger. I'm like, oh, what are the odds? What's going on? So we sat there and you know had a smoke. We talked for a second and I dropped him off at work. He was, he was literally across the street from work, so I just took him my car and drove him over there. Said what's up. We talked for a bit. Bullshitted for a bit. And, you know, uh, went, about, went about my day. But yeah, I saw the redhead today. I saw the redhead today. It was weird. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's it doesn't happen all the time. And what was the chance of him being there at the exact moment when I gotta go piss? So I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it was cool. I was like, hey, what's going on? I'm sorry, I'm more time to hang out. I gotta go fucking work, you know? So <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said. But Zach. hey, man. Um, but hey, man. Um, I gotta bring something up. Um, it's now been uh, shit. I don't know. Seven months and eight days. And Elvis still does not have a PlayStation 5. Oh, my God. I know. If you look it up right now, there's still nothing there. So there's anybody out there who wants to buy Elvis a PlayStation 5 for an absurd amount of money, please do. Because yes. it's regular money. Or if it's a regular cost of one, it's perfect. But if you guys have a friend who knows a friend who uh, and you want to go rob them and go to their house in the middle of the night and bring over to my house, I will um, do whatever. Oh, by the way, Vinny, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. Um, I delete everybody from my Facebook and instagram and i am i completely took those apps off my phone um so don't feel like hey what'd you 
blah, 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 whatever. Um, just want to give you a heads up. Um, nobody could come at me now because uh, I took everybody off. Even my wife. My wife calls me today. She's like, what happened to your Facebook? I'm like, I, I did away with it again. And she's like, what happened? I'm like, I just got sick and tired of it. I got sick and tired of looking at the likes. And I just fucking did something. And I, I completely took it off. And you, you really, really have an issue with social media. I really fucking do. I know. I'll tell you what, though. Go, my, go on your Facebook real quick and look up my name. And how does it look? I mean, it, it probably just has me on it. It probably has, like, no friends. Um... And I'm not sure with my regular pages. It probably has like three or four photos. So if you're not my friend, I want to see what my page looks like. Well, right now it says no friends to show. So yeah, because there there is no friends to show because there is no friends no more. Yeah, it says there's basically not. All it says is that you live in Canton and you've been married since December 30th, 2018. That's all I see. Oh wow, I'm doing good. That's the only info they're showing. And then as far as posts go, the only one that I see is. The one from May 9th, where you're you seem to be at this outdoor event. I don't know. Like there's um That's it? That's, yeah. that's the only photos you see? Um that's the top photo that I see. Uh the other one is uh March twenty first. It's basically it says happy birthday Zoe and a bunch of videos and pictures. Okay, so you can still see all oh, those oh those are all public, that's why okay, I gotta switch those over. <laughs> Make those bastards all private. Yeah, it says, well, it says Elvis's friends and friends of anyone tagged. So it's not necessarily public, but. Oh, but I have no friends on there, so no one can see shit. I mean, that's weird. I mean, did um, you just, did you just uh, suspend the page or did you actually physically go in and delete everyone off your list? Oh, I literally went through one by one and deleted everybody off the list. So everything I was following, all the friends I had, I took them off. I went on Instagram, unfollowed everybody, and unsubscribed to everybody, and it's like completely a blank slate. I mean, it's still active. Like, it's still there. I can sit there and put my password and still get in there. I didn't cancel it. I didn't delete it. I just don't, I, I just don't want to deal with it. I just want to be away from it. I noticed nothing. Like, uh, no Messenger, no Facebook, no Instagram, uh, no Snapchats, nothing. Like, I, I'm, done, I'm done with it. Okay. Well, well, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Elvis is officially done with uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, I guess it's safe to. I guess so. I guess on uh, the Twitter page, I shouldn't tag you anymore. <laughs> oh, you <could> try. <laughs> it's not gonna work. I mean, I, I mean, you could try to sit there and add my name to it, but I think you gotta ask for my. I, you, have, you gotta be my friend to tag me in there, right? Um. Well. Uh, yes and no. Usually, if you have a Twitter handle, I can just mention. Oh no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying like Facebook. I'm sorry, I'm talking about Facebook. Like you guys can't add things to my page. No, yeah, I can't do friends, that. Right? I, was I was talking about Twitter because usually, whenever you whenever you oh, post something on Twitter, I always do at Elvis Zelensky. Oh, that's Twitter. right. But I haven't been on Twitter in like over a year, I think. Yeah, I I always put like Booch and at Elvis Zelensky have you know did the show this week. So or I'm just I'm just thinking hard. I'm just sick and tired of like checking my phone for things that I really don't want to see anyway. And um, with the current climate of like snowflakes and people's personal uh, opinions and uh, just a lot of different things, I'm like, you know what? And it's easy for me to turn off notifications. I get it. I get it. But I, I'm just sick and tired of like going to my phone and trying to find something. And it's all it is. You're just finding something. You're just finding something. Okay, what did I miss? What did I miss? And no one's missing anything. If you're my friend, if you want to get a hold of me, you can call me. That's the best thing I could say. If you're truly a friend, you could call me. If something's going on, you could send me a photograph from there. It's like, hey, you won't believe it, but so-and-so happened. I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks. Thanks for letting me know. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Thank you for being a friend. But um, <laughs> I'd rather have my real friends call me and text me as a 
supposed to give me the obligatory, oh, happy birthday, because Facebook told me it was. So, yeah. so if I miss your birthday, Vinny, don't get mad. You may want to tell me ahead of time, because I don't remember dates. I know it's in March or May, right? March? May? March. March. Yeah. The week after Zoe's birthday? What? Um, It's like after Zoe's birthday, right? Uh, When's Zoe's? 22nd? No, it's way before that. Oh, okay. I, it's, a, it's beginning of the month, right? Yes, it's the beginning of the month. That's good enough for me. <laughs> And I, I'm not gonna lie to you. In June, I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I feel so loved. <laughs> it's only well, you roast the ones we love. I know. <laughs> They're not here, so we'll just roast you. <laughs> <laughs> just... So yeah, this whole PlayStation Five thing is really bumming me out. I cannot find it anywhere. And the thing is, I haven't been checking in a while. I was really active about it, but a month and a half ago i went on all social media i went on twitter i went all those different places trying to find it and i just came to the decision like you know what though i'm just gonna get it when it's readily available like if i just go online one day and if it's there i'll get it and i'm not gonna sit there and waste my everlasting minute trying to sit there and get some kind of thing what's gonna happen i don't know when it's gonna come out um i'm almost like had my mind made up that i just want to get a pc and stuff like i have a i have a laptop here but i'm thinking about just you know fuck it i'm might as well just uh, buy those games on Steam and just play on a PC. I don't need a PlayStation 5 because the computer is so much better. Better graphics, better things. And yeah, I mean, for me, it's just brand loyalty because I've been with PlayStation since they first came out and I love the system. But um, I think I'm just going to get a PC instead and join the master race when it comes to gaming. Because you have PC, and in my own personal opinion, it's PlayStation, then Xbox, and Nintendo. That's the, that's my pecking order when it comes to it. Okay, all right. Well, well, if anybody out there decides to help Elvis secure the PS5, uh, go to our Boochcast social media pages and let us know so we can relay the message to Elvis and find a way for him to contact you, since he will obviously not be checking you can, those. You can, con you can contact me by the contact page or simply send a pigeon or a raven Whatever's better for you, but you have to train the pigeon or raven, otherwise they'll just fly away with that PlayStation. So please train your birds to get to my house, and then we could talk. Otherwise, you could just contact Vinny Bucci on his page. I know, I know, my parents are gonna be mad, or my dad's gonna be mad about like, oh, you're up on Facebook again. I'm like, you follow my wife. If you want to know that my chrono my chronological life or how my life's been for the past, I don't know, seven plus years. You can just go to my wife's page. She documents everything. She takes photographs of everything we do. When we go to dinner, when we go to vacations, um, if we're doing some kind of project in the house. I mean, she's very good about that. I just I just don't have the time and, like, really, I just don't have the care for it. Does it sound weird? I mean, it does and it doesn't. I mean, obviously, there are some people that are getting turned off by social media because of all the bullshit. But, um, but on the other hand, it literally is how everyone uh, communicates in general today. Like, it's... Like the thing about social media is it became a lot like uh, – it's like TV and radio. It's how I look at it. Like like there, like before like, – like, like in the beginning when the radio was invented, everybody got all their entertainment through the radio. Like they literally had right. stories they would tell on the radio. If you listen to if you if you wanted to tune into a sporting event, it was on the radio. You had to hear it. And that's why when you would go to sporting events like boxing or wrestling or anything like that, they would just have a ring and the place would look dirty as fuck. It didn't matter how it looked because the only people they had to please were the fans in the stands. Everybody was watching was listening on the radio. Then they invented the television. Obviously the radio is still was still around, but TV became a big deal. That's why the look 
and the feel became important because when you watch television, you want to watch something that's going to be appealing to you. That's why certain that's why you they have the joke about, you know, there are some actors and actresses that actually know how to act and some of them just look attractive and they get put in movies because people are going to be watching on a screen and you want to watch someone you're attracted to. That's why in order to get certain roles, you have to have a certain look. And otherwise, it's just not going to work because it's not going to be pleasing to the eye. And they think about shit like that. Like, that's why, like, in wrestling, they had to eventually get the pyro and make the ring look nice and make the stage look nice. And the gear had to look good. So when you saw it on TV, it was fucking amazing. And then they would plug TV spots and plug radio commercials. Well, not necessarily radio commercials, but like TV spots. You know, that's why, you know, people talk about Michael Cole or somebody plugging social media stuff. But I remember why I remember listening to Jim Ross have to give sponsors like, you know, like, remember, like, here's how far back we're going. Uh, Jim Ross would always say, you know, oh, you know, the WWE Survivor Series is brought to you by 1-800-COLLECT, <laughs> you know, that type of shit. So that was a big deal. And then that's why TV was so important. Then the internet came around. And then all of a sudden you got social media and streaming services and things like that. And that's why the business had to evolve that way. That's why my, and I use Michael Cole as an example. When That's why a lot of times he would have to talk about, hey, you know, in between matches, they would talk about, hey, here's our Twitter poll. Check out our Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know, follow us on Instagram. Or, hey, here's what someone had to say on TikTok or whatever. Because that's what everybody's using now. So you had to accommodate those things. Like, for example, I work in social media. My boss thinks TikTok is a waste of time. But the more people start using TikTok, the more his eyes start gravitating to it. Because now he's starting to think, maybe we might need to focus on this. If this is where everyone is going. Because he personally doesn't think TikTok's important. But the more he starts seeing people using TikTok, the more he starts thinking to himself... Maybe we need to take advantage of this. And one day we might open a TikTok account for our company. Or we might encourage our clients, hey, do you have a TikTok? Get one. Like, because that's what everybody's looking at now. So social media is just a big form of communication. So it's one thing to block certain things or unfollow certain people, which is what I've done. There are certain people that I'm friends with, but they post shit that pisses me off or annoys me. So rather than see it on my timeline, I unfollow a fuck ton of people because I can't stand the snowflake bullshit they post or the stupid shit that annoys me. So I'm just like, boom, get this out of here. You know, so it's one thing to do that. But to walk away from social media completely, I mean, it's your choice, but it's 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 not an easy thing to do because, like I said, that's. How everyone talks. It's like, if you're not on social media, it's almost like you don't exist in the world. I'm okay with that. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. I have I have no qualms with that at all. I could, my life will be fine without it. Hey, that's... You know, um, you know, I mean, for yourself, I mean, you need it because you have your thing going on, whatever. Uh, yeah. For myself, I just, uh, I'm not crazy about it. Um, I was in it for a while. I was a troll for a long time and, you know, a whole bunch of different things. I'm not saying, I'm, I mean, who knows? I, I, I was off before. This isn't that the first time I've done this many. Uh, I was off for a while. I think, I think I was off for like a year and a half, two years and went back on there because I don't know why. Um, it's weird. And then it comes to a point where like, you get back on it, it becomes mundane and it becomes like a habit that I just didn't want to have anymore. And then I took myself off of it. So this is the second time, or not, maybe the third time I've taken myself off all 
social media things, whatever, all platforms. And I know it's it's stupid um, to a lot of people. To me, it makes sense. Um, I just want to see how I want to do an experiment too to see how I feel ever because it's only been one day since it's happened. It's not like a drinking thing. Oh, I, I have a week or two. Whatever. Um, I have no problem going a month, two months, six months, a year, whatever. But I want to see what kind of psychological changes it does because when you're on that thing all the time, that's all you're doing. That's all you're looking for. And uh, I think mentally it kind of fucks you up a little bit. Just my own personal experience and just my own reasoning when it comes to it. And I just want to see if it falls true. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it'd be I interesting. Of, I, think it's, I think it's a lot of reasons. Why, and I think it's a lot of things where people get triggered and it's so easy to get pissed off about. And they get triggered really easy because they got all these little voices, you know, from their phones. Tell them what to think and what not to think. And everything's kind of one-sided. And, you know, and it, it triggers people. And I think it has to do with that, too. So I'm going to get myself off of it and see if triggering you know releases what if that's the case what if the social media stuff we're doing is actually uh, doing that i know it's crazy talk i mean so very well but you know who knows i mean i want to see how how, how well of a mental check i'll have you know because i didn't do that i didn't do the check last time i think i was happier i ain't gonna lie to you um but at the same time um after a while it's like okay everybody is communicating with each other i, I kind of want to get back into it but the only weird thing is is like once you get back into facebook once you take everybody off is asking for that friend request again well for the record um anytime you want to re-friend request me you're you're more than welcome you i will i will take you back elvis I will make sure you're the last person I put on there. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. No, 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 I'm joking. No, man, I'm good. No, no, I mean, I appreciate it. Um, I, I, I really don't care. It's, it's not a big deal. I mean, like, you know, I'll get off it. I'll get back on it. Um, it's just one of those back and it's like one of those swinging pendulums. You know, you're on it, you're off it. I mean, uh, social media is stupid, I think. Um, I think I'm, I'm thinking my idea is what the future should be. I don't. I mean, there's people who generally enjoy facebook because they actually get to hang out with friends and do things some people actually genuinely like putting videos on there to make other people laugh or their political views i mean it's like their soapbox for the world to listen um i guess for me it's it's just not for me you know yeah because how many times how many times have you said hey man i get anything to plug and i'm like nope don't follow me don't like anything <laughs> don't do anything on my page i don't want it well i always thought that was i thought that was just you being a smart ass because you don't have any because you don't do anything in entertainment or have anything like social media related to promote uh, so i i didn't know that, that it was that's I, true. it's true it's more like me being a smart ass i'm like nope i got nothing to plug yeah Thank you so much don't follow me don't it, it is an ongoing joke but like mentally it's like you know i'm, I'm kind of there like yeah don't follow me, guys. I'm I'm boring. Like Vinny, you, 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 I mean, you can like my page, and you know, you know, you know everybody in my household. You know my, you know my brother. You know my sister. You know, you know my daughter. Um, you know, you know my ex. Uh, you know them all. So yeah. it's not like you don't know anybody in my family. So you, when you actually look at my post, you're like, okay, I know all these people. So if I was to bring up a subject and I talked about it, which I really do online, um, you'd be like, oh, I know what he's talking about. I see what's going on. Oh, yeah, uh, but for somebody else, somebody else looking in, it's like, what are they seeing? I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's a struggle in my head. Maybe I'm just crazy. I think I am. I think I lost a few of those screws years ago, or they rusted out. I don't know. Yeah, but the thing is, is that it's, it's like I said, it's one of those crazy things where social media is like, like I said, it's become so enthralled in our lives, it's almost like you don't exist. Like, like it's like this. I don't know if you saw the South Park episode um, a long time ago, but basically there was this girl on in South Park. Uh, she was getting bullied online, so they had this scene where she was so miserable and depressed that she walks 
the character walks over to this bridge and she she puts her hands over she starts and she starts looking down and then the camera pans down and then all of a sudden you hear a splash and then it fades to black so basically it's trying to make you think that this girl killed herself by jumping off the bridge because that's what most because because it's like they're thinking it's a suicidal scene but really, really what, what happened, happened was all of a sudden everybody starts running, running around the school and go, Oh my god, oh my god, did you hear what happened to, did you hear what happened to Shelly? Uh, it wasn't Shelly, but I was making a name. Did you hear what happened to Shelly? goes, No, no, what happened? Dude, she quit Twitter. And they're like, What? And basically that splash was her dropping her phone in the river after she deleted all of her social media accounts. So so when she deleted all of her social media accounts, Everyone was reacting as if she just committed suicide. So the way people would react about someone killing themselves, they're having that same reaction to her quitting social media. Like she's literally walking around the school and it's like nobody sees her. Nobody notices her. And it's like she doesn't exist because she quit social media. And and just like in it's it's and now granted it's a whole emotional graphic episode, but it's trying to illustrate the point of how much social media has been ingrained in our lives. And because we know South Park, they always hit on major subjects and they always find some crazy fucked up way to make a point. And that's what they were doing with that episode. So that's, you know, if you want an idea of how we seriously take social media, look at that episode of South Park. It is fucked up, but it's funny as hell. I mean, South Park always hits a nail in the coffin. I mean, they do overdo it, but the thing is, like, it, it, they do it to just, like, drive home a point, which is perfect. I like the writing. I like the, the stories they tell, and, you know, it, it really, they really have their pulse on what's going on in the world. Um, I, I appreciate South Park for that. I think it's really great, um, you know. But, I mean, for me, I just it just makes sense to me. Who knows? I'll probably be on in fucking two or three months. Who knows? I To me, it doesn't really matter. If I'm on, cool. If not, then I it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's... If you guys live off that stuff and you guys need it, man, do it, man. I mean, do whatever makes you happy. I know this is going to make me happy for a bit. I, it might be strange and a weird concept to a lot of people, but um, to me, I'll be fine. I mean, I'll have to find different things to look into or just not look at my phone as much. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and um, I know earlier, and I, and I want to touch on this real quick just because uh, we talked about this off the air, but I found it fascinating. Um, earlier, you were talking about all the people in your life that I know, and you happened to bring up your ex. And I understand she listened to the show last week. Oh, she did. Yeah, she did. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so last week, obviously, we had the show with uh, Zoe, which I thought she did fantastic. She was um, wonderful. I guess I'm just biased. But at the same time, I'm trying to be. Uh, but I think she was dead on. I mean, her voice, her her cadence, um, you know, letting other people talk and like, you know, getting her little barbs in. Uh, me and her having a little barbers about which is better, um, Marvel versus DC. She's a DC girl. I mean, she's a Marvel girl. I'm a DC guy. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, it's, it, it was pretty fun banter. So I told Nicole that, you know, we did a podcast and I sent her a link uh, to it. And she, she listened. I'm like, hey, listen, it starts off at nine minutes where it has the Weird Al Yankovic song. And then at 12 minute mark is when she joins in. It's only for a half an hour, you know. So I was like, hey, you know, keep in mind, you know, it's half an hour. Um, once you hear the rap music, and she's done. <laughs> she's not on her anymore. Yes. You're going to hear my stupid voice. Like, you're going to hear my stupid voice after that. So, um, but no, I, I mean, she enjoyed it. She thought it was pretty fun. Now she wants to do Now she wants to do a podcast now with Zoe. So, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Wait, 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 wait. Nicole wants to come on the show? No, 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 no. She wants to do her own podcast. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I was about to say, I, 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 we could not have Nicole on the show. No, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have no personal issue with Nicole. 
uh, whatever's going on between the two of you is going on between the two of you. I just know Lee Marie would kill us both. I don't want to get hit with Chocolata. So, sorry. I'm out. <laughs> okay? I'm sorry. No, I am, I cannot. I don't want to get hit with Chocolata. That, <laughs> she can hear you from down the stairs, so I'm pretty sure if she had a, a Chocolata in her hand, she'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know how good her. How I don't know how good her aim is. Can she reach Johns Creek from here, from Canton? I mean, depending on the wind trajectory, but yes. Oh God. So yeah, She's I can't. It's like, like I said, I have nothing against Nicole no, personally, was, but I want to live. Yeah, no, that that never happened. That would never be a situation we'd ever get ourselves into. So no, that's fine. No, but she was like, really, oh, she was really happy. I mean, she thought the, the episode was good. Um and um. You know, she said, oh, I want to do it, too. I'm like, well, you know, go to Anchor.com, you know, and get yourself signed up. Yeah, I mean, fun, Anchor you know? is a good place to start. It, it really is a good place to start a podcast. Like, that's what made me want to jump from SoundCloud to here on Anchor because the options were great. Everything, and it just, I, I just, everything appealed to me. And that's why, slowly but surely, the episodes that didn't automatically transfer over already, because basically, if you go on SoundCloud, every episode that we had from I Don't Like Mondays till now is on Anchor. Everything before that's not here, except for a few things that I've slowly transferred over. But over, but at some point, preferably if we go on another break again, or if I have an opening somewhere, slowly I'm going to start integrating all those episodes here, and I'm going to take some good segments that were good, and they're going to come on here, and then some segments that sucked, they're going to go away forever, and you'll never see them again, but... I'm going to take the good stuff from SoundCloud and eventually bring them here to Anchor, but it really is a fantastic podcast. Like, it really does work. Yes. I mean, if, if you're getting started, I mean, it's got all the tools you need. I think I talked did I, did I get you into Anchor? Is that what it was? Or did you find it on your own? Um, okay, uh, actually, it was Laura from the Going Live show recommended it to me. We, she, okay. she also used Anchor, and she was talking to me about it, and I was intrigued, so I looked it up, and I saw that not only does it make it easy to distribute a podcast or and make adjustments, but also... It allows you, it makes it easier to get sponsorship. It makes it easier to get donations. Like there's literally a donation section that listeners can go to and can, and it's, it's in, and literally like per month, they can give us anywhere from 99 cents to 4.99 to 9.99. So it's literally like, you know, Dollar Tree, Peacock, WWE Network. <laughs> like, yeah. like literally for the same amount of money you would spend on a WWE Network, you can support this podcast. Like literally. And it has like three different tiers that people can go to. And there's a way to like, there's also a way to get sponsorship through Anchor, depending on your listens and downloads and things like that. And depending on how many sponsors you have and how many hits an episode gets, determines how much revenue you can generate. So it's just, it really tries to help podcasters create content and make, and, and, and make money. So everything just looked really good to me. So I decided to go this route with Anchor. And also, I, I like the, the fact that, that when you post something to Anchor, automatically it puts you on Spotify, which, which is what everybody's been saying you need to go to because Spotify has become the place to be, especially ever since Joe Rogan made his epic deal with Spotify. Like, almost everyone uses a Spotify app nowadays. So if you have the Spotify app, but yeah, if you go on Spotify, we're there. We're on Spotify. Like people, you can people can listen to this episode. to the show. Yeah, you can listen to the show on Spotify, and we're also on Breaker and Google Podcasts. So if you are on any of those hosting sites, we're there too. But most of our hits come from either Anchor or Spotify. That's the two main places we get the most listens. Breaker and Google Podcasts. We don't really get anything, but we're there. So who knows? You might find someone who's a fan of those and they'll listen through there, but. Right, right now, now Anchor and Spotify, Spotify are doing very, very good for us. So 
I learned it was, I realized it was the best decision. Don't forget to, don't forget to like, you know, donate because for just $5 a day, you can feed a very hungry Zachariah Scott, um, who's very hungry. Um, if you just donate just $5 a day, you could either support his eating habit or his smoking habit. Whatever you want to donate, just remember, there's a poor little Zachary Scott who's living barely below, below means. And just for $5 a day, we could feed a Zachary Scott and keep him alive for at least another day. Don't forget to donate to the Patreon page on the Boochcast and help us feed Zachariah Scott. Because if we don't feed him, who will? Because God knows I won't. Please support the Boochcast and keep Zachary Scott alive. In the arms of the devils, because he has no soul. Listen to Lamb of God, oh God. Listen to Slipknots. Where's those crying doggies at? He was yes. pulled away from Nickelback. Please feed Zachary Scott. Because if you won't, he'll go hungry tonight. So please feed your Zachary tonight. Donate on Patreon. Because Zach is really hungry. Something, something, soulless ginger. Just $5 a day. Hi, Won't I'm One no Hit Wonder Country Girl. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that, that, that went off topic, but we oh, had to do it. it Zachariah was Scott, if you're listening, Zachariah Scott, don't you worry, buddy. We'll get you fed eventually. Whenever those donations come in, we will feed you. You just keep drinking that water until we get there. <laughs> yes, hold on. Just hold on, buddy. We're helping out. You know, it was going to be funny. <laughs> Listen, buddy. You, what's that? He's going to listen to this on Monday, and our phones are going to blow the fuck up. He's, like, he's going to kill us. You know that, right? Much. You know he's going to call us up. Really, guys? What the fuck? Are you serious? Come on, man. Bite my Irish ass. I make good money. I'm not broke. All right. <laughs> you are a broken ginger. Like, like, Zach, if you're listening to this message right now, listen. I just want to let you know, we will feed you eventually. <laughs> I promise you. Donations will come one day. <laughs> And you'll be able to eat. You just keep hanging tight, buddy. Hang on. Hang on to Mitch as hard as you can. And just keep, belie- keep believing that food will come your way. I swear to you, there is a there is a Patreon person out there with a heart of gold who wants to feed a Zach. Just not after midnight. I know that. Oh, yes. Never feed him I'm after midnight. I'm so getting a call. Yes. He hates bright oh, lights. Sunlight will kill him. But anyway, um, you know what's funny? We're... <laughs> We're we're an we're an hour and eighteen minutes in. We haven't even gotten to any of our topics. What's the point of topics if we're just bullshitting? That's the point. Of, that's the point of the show, right? I think yeah, so. Yeah. We have, a set, uh, we have a set list of things we're supposed to talk to, but at the same time, like like I said, we can sit there and just talk about nothing and everything about feeding Zach. I mean, that's my favorite topic. That's something I want to take on. I need to have someone pay. I need to have someone feed Zachary Scott. And I will tell you what, though, for your donations, when actually the food does go to Zachary Scott. We will take a video of him trying to beat our ass, but still eating our food at the same time. Yes, he will. He will thank us for the meal and then try to kill us. He will try to kill us. But 
I'll try to sew him away because I'll have, that's okay. I'll just have like a Lamb of God shirt. I'm like, he wants Lamb of God shirt? You gotta eat his bread first, buddy. Eat the bread first and he gets his Lamb of God shirt. Yes. So, but literally, but, 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 uh, but just so you guys know, if you do want to support the Boochcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. And it says a become a support. Hashtag feed Zach. Yes. Hashtag feed Zach. Um, become a supporter. And basically, um, you, like I said, there's three options. You can do 99 cents a month. You can do 4.99 a month, and you can also do 9.99 per month. So it's either one you want to do. 9.99. 9.99. 9.99. Yes. 9.99. That that's, is. That's okay. That's the most exp- That that's that's the highest one. So. How much how much food could we buy for Zach with that? Um. Well. How long? If I had 9.99, how much? How many days could I feed Zach like consistently? Well, if you well, if we if we hit the dollar menu, we got 10 days. Um, if we go somewhere fan, if we go like a gas station, we could probably feed him for like two or three. What if we got him nothing but ramen noodles? Oh, he'd be set for life. I think so. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, feed Zach ramen noodles is a new hashtag. <laughs> yeah. For 9.99 a month, you can feed Zach for. The eternity of hell and bad gas. Yes, but that's a, that's a price we're willing to pay. Only if you're willing to pay Patreon. Yeah. Hashtag Feedzak. Yes. And I'm calling it right now. That's going to be the title of next week's episode. Fantastic. Feedzak Ramen Noodles will be the title. He's going to so much. Oh no no no. Here's the thing. It's going to be the title of the next episode that we do because next week uh, Elvis will not be on the show because he's going out of town. Um. So we're going to be posting, ironically, an episode that Zach and I did a while back. We're going to put that in its place. Um, although, also, we have Double or Nothing, I think, is that weekend, too. So. Oh, man. It's, you know, it's funny. Double or Nothing always happens on the same weekend. It's like, I always go for Labor Day Memorial Day is when I go out of town, like, for vacations. And I could never really cover it because I'm not going to be able to watch it. I can always see the highlights, which is going to suck. Oh, yeah. And I, and depending on the recap, I may end up doing it myself because it's on a Sunday. And I know Desmond's going to be like, well, I got to get up for work in the morning. And I'm going to have to hear that. So I'm probably going to end up... It's going to be me. The guy who the guy who wanted to get away from AEW is now going to have to recap the pay-per-view by himself. That's the ironic part of all of this. So you're you're the guy who's actually going to be doing a show with with uh, Desmond next week too for AEW. You're pulling double duty next week, pal. Oh yeah. Oh, speaking of which, um... no, you tri- triple duty. I'm sorry. You're doing you're doing the original. Oh, we you're not, you're not doing the part one next week, are you? No, because I'm. Uh, there's an episode that Zach and I did a long time ago. We call it the Friend Zone uh, that never aired. So we're going to put that in its place. Oh. Okay, and so you are you doing NXT with uh, John, and you're doing AEW yes. with Desmond? Yes, uh, provided that well, provided that John is available because he's been um you know he's been busy with the uh, whole moving aspect, so he so the last couple Tuesdays he has hasn't been available, and um, I tried to be funny with my uh, synopsis for this past NXT recap. <laughs> And uh, apparently, everyone thinks I'm throwing shade at John. I'm like, no, I was just fucking around. Because I put in all caps, like, John is gone again. So I do this by myself again. And I was, I thought I was being funny, but people actually thought that I was upset or throwing shade at John. It's like, 
No, I was just joking. I understand John's it's a, busy. It's 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 called sarcasm, folks. I mean, uh, you know, we have it here, um, a, a plenty. Um, so make sure we recap AW. You know, talk about the greatness of Kenny Omega, the Mega Champion, and the best heel tag team in the world, the Young Bucks. I mean, you know, make sure you're up and honest and let us know how great they are. You know, let's, Fair let's do it right. All right, all right. Now, here's the thing. I, I give these guys a lot of shit, but I was thinking about this recently, Elvis, and I want to, and, and I'm being serious right now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even trying to to bash them i just really thought about this and i want to get your perspective on it uh okay. we have kenny omega and the bucks world one's the world champion the other the tag team champions they are executive vice presidents in the company now keep in mind these are the same motherfuckers that talk about they're they're part of that group that talks a lot about legends and their politicking these are the same motherfuckers that talk about how proud they are that they never went to WWE, even though Kenny failed in the developmental system. And that's not me bashing him. That's me stating a fact. That's not even bashing. That's just stating a fact. Then talk about not going to WWE. The same motherfuckers that give Triple H shit because he's a 10-time, a 14-time world champion and married the boss's daughter and got into management. The same motherfuckers that hang out with Cody, whose dad was also notorious for booking himself while also being in management so my question is how can these guys talk all this shit but now they're in management and they got the top belts in their division and again i'm not being an asshole i'm asking a serious question how does that work go ahead it works because uh first of all when and i think i explained to it before but i'll, I'll be happy to go into grand fucking explanation for this aw when it first came out though their whole sites was to build new characters and do all these different things so they had a year to get themselves and the whole company where it's supposed to be at. And I think it's there. Um, I know they talk a lot of shit about the politics behind and doing whatever, but here's the thing. AEW, you have to like not look at it as a whole for a whole year and a half. You have to look at it in segments. So let's break it down like so let's say a year is like you know, let's break it down to three parts. Character development was something that was definitely needed when AEW first started. So, Young Bucks came in, they had the hype, obviously, from New Japan. A lot of people know who they were. You know, you call them a spot monkey. Everybody knows Young Bucks, you know, one way or another. Um, but they came off as faces that sometimes kind of heals. So, they had no character development. Kenny Omega was thrown in as a fucking tweener. Um, he was a face, but he wasn't so great as a face because he wasn't really doing what he wanted to do. He was so much better as a heel. Same thing with the, with the Young Bucks. But in that time, we got so many different people we built up, like um, Orange Cassidy, um what's it called private party um hangman adam page uh john silver alex reynolds um so all these different tag teams and all these different characters that we have on the tv show if you look at retrospectively the character development from the very first show up until right, right now especially with um uh what's it called with reho and Britt baker we're all agreeing that they're all changing but it takes time so they have a certain way of doing it though so they did base the company around kenny omega and young bucks and um cody mjf and you know all these different people on there but as you're seeing as of right now everybody's changing their personalities you're seeing a lot more where you see more character development and at the time, right now, we need to have Kenny Omega's champion. Not because I'm biased and I just love Kenny Omega because he's awesome, because he is. Um, but the thing is, at the current moment, we had, um, at the first, we had Chris Jericho, who was the right choice for the first champion. Yes. Then we had John Moxley, who was fantastic. He had a great run as champion. And then we got switched over to our current champion, Kenny Omega. Um, they yeah. got the two WWE guys in there. So they have our current champion, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. Because I think what they're doing right now, why they, while they hold the titles, there's 
more character development from not just the people who've been built up in the past year, but even the new people coming in there. You can start seeing more development. Like, for, for instance, we had QT Marshall, who was bland, who was boring, who was anything else. He's finally coming to his own. And the, the cool thing is, with the Nightmare Factory being split up, we have a great dynamic of having the Factory versus QT Marshall's Mafia people, like Anthony Ogogo and all them. They're building up so much, and it's character development. So right now, we're, we do have them as champions, and... It probably doesn't make sense on paper, but if you look at objectively from the past year and a half, it's all about building those characters and the characters from below and adding more depth to it. Um, the women's division is very lacking. Um, they barely have enough time. Uh, Sheeta was like their standalone. Um, I mean, before she won the championship, she was my favorite because she was like the workhorse pretty much. Uh, Britt Baker took some time to finally get to where she's at, but now she's there, which is awesome. Um, I think they're working on Red Velvet, which is finally getting some due. Um, Ty Conte, I mean, I'm not sure how she left NXT um, or they let her go, but at the same time, she's developing into her own too. So all these different characters, that's what I bit. It's, it's, it's time to build them up. And if there's somebody else that can really hold those belts, like I can, I can name a few tag teams. I, I think FTR should be tag team champions. To tell you the truth, they should never lost it. But nonetheless, they, they're in a faction now. They have whole different storylines going on. But at the time, the way we have wrestling right now in this current state of AEW, they need to be champions until we build some other people up in the meantime. So that means the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have to hold on to the title temporarily for the next six months. As long as they build somebody else to get those spots, which they are, I'm all for it. You can't think about it just from like week to week or month to month. You got to think about it from what's happening now up until the next six months. You can't think about what's going to happen next week or two weeks or next pay-per-view. That's not the idea you want to have. You want to look for long term. And right now, they're the right choice to be the champions, being these cocky, horrible assholes who wear Jordan, Dior shoes, whatever, and Kenny Omega being a fucking prick. That's what you want to see because the person who's going to take the title from Kenny is going to be made. The tag team that's going to take the tag team championships from the Young Bucks are going to get made. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about filling the narrative of having these douchebags have the titles, and the people who are going to take it off are going to be made. And that's all That's all it is. It's about giving a role, having this person be the biggest cheater and douchebag and do whatever, and when they take the titles off them, it's going to be longevity. So, yeah, yeah, they're EVPs, and, yeah, they are champions, but they are good at what they're doing. And right now, we need them. Like right now, Kenny, he's got too many titles. I don't think he should be holding a triple A. I don't think he should be holding the impact. Um, AEW is fine, but they, they're making him to be this big egotistical belt collector. It's good for right now. I don't want to see that title change for the next couple months. People think he might lose it at the pay-per-view that's coming up, double or nothing. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I want him to hold on just a little bit longer so we can build some more people to get there. So for the time being, I'm fine with it. And plus, I'm fans of the two, but... Not only because of that, I just think they need to work on all that stuff. So it's my own personal opinion. Okay. Okay. I just really want to know that because, like I said, these are... Is it biased, do you think? I mean, do I sound biased when I'm talking about it or does it make sense? It makes a little bit of sense. I, but the point I'm trying to make is, so basically, so you're saying that these guys who've been notorious for talking about guys in management having championships, are you? I guess you're saying since they're in management now, they're now learning that they were naive to how that works? Cause... No, not really, because the thing is, like, if you're, if you're an active wrestler and you are an EVP, which is, you don't really see in other promotions... You are the best tag team. They didn't. They didn't put themselves over the day one when they're in. They were in the company. No, it took about a year and a half to win those championships. I'm um, sitting with Kenny Omega. He was sitting there and having like um, unsanctioned matches and doing all these th different comedy shows or comedy uh, things, whatever. He wasn't taken for real. And it wasn't until Don Callis sat there and poisoned his brain and made him feel like he's better than he really is. I mean, don't get me wrong. He is good in the ring. 
but it, it took the, it took a, an outside persona like Don Callis to sit there and get these people's collective heads together and say, hey, you're better than this. You guys are supposed to be the guy from New Japan. You guys are not the same tag team. Um, so if you guys are that good, if they were just doing EVPs, then they should have won the championships. But because they're EVPs, who else would you put the title on? Who else Who else could you put on as of right now? Oh, I have a list. Okay, but not, like, who? who? Well, let, let's break it down. The world champion. Let, let's break it down. Who, who's ready for it right now? Who's ready for it right now? Um, well. Top three. Go ahead. Matt Hardy, 100%. One of the yeah. guys that should have got it totally out of the gate. <laughs> no. Matt Hardy, number one, completely. No. Uh, before, they, yeah. before, they, before they made him a depressing mess, Adam Page. And I keep hoping that they're going to do something with him. I want to see Adam Page take the belt from Kenny Omega. And I want to start seeing Adam Page. See, that's the thing. That's, I want to see Cal. When he was doing that's Cowboy shit, he was ready. But then they made him this depressing, like, drunken mess that was getting drinks thrown in his face and kicked out of the elite and all this other crap and didn't make any fucking sense. They got him hanging out with the Dark Order. And I don't want to hate on the Dark Order, but Adam Page is better than that. And they got him doing all this other shit. And they basically took a guy who was on a roll and basically fucked him. And I'm hoping that the I'll fucking what, will this stop. Is, this, this, is, this is my theory. This is my theory. I think you hit the nail on the coffin. You did on certain points. I think what they're doing is like they built him up to bring him down. And once he gets clear or once he gets done with the drinking or whatever the hell he has to do, whatever, I think he's going to be the one to take the belt off King Omega. I think that's why when he was high in the rankings, it seems like every time he was so close to being the number one for a number one contendership, he always gets taken down a peg. And I think it's smart booking. That's why they're having it. He fights so hard and he gets screwed over. He fights so hard and he gets screwed over. I think it's brilliant booking because they're building him to be the next champion. So go ahead. Who's So you had uh, Matt Hardy, which I don't agree as of right now. As of right now, I don't agree with him. Plus, he's working with private party, so he's got his own thing with them and Butcher and Blade. So he's he's entangled in something right now. Whenever he goes on a singles run and does whatever, that's fine. But right now, he's involved in something else, so he's out of the picture. Because he, he hasn't been an active wrestler since, I mean, he wrestles from time to time, but not enough to put him in a category for a championship. Uh, I agree with you on Hangman Adam Page, but I think that's what they're building up to take to defeat the monster that is Kenny Omega. And who's your third? My third? Uh, before they put the FTW on him, I would have gave it to Brian Cage. Mm, I would have gave it to know. him. No, I, I would have. And you know, there. Hell, I hell when I hell in the beginning of AEW, I 100% would have gave it to Dustin. I would have gave it to Dustin. I would have gave it to you. They have a lot of guys who are top who are top guys that that are legends in the business that have given that world title. Yeah, but they would have put like, prestige there's, there's a, there's a behind it. There's, there's a fault to what you're saying about Dustin, though. I agree with you wholeheartedly, kind of, but that would be nepotism in my eyes. That's all it'd be. If Dustin was to take it, don't get me wrong, he's a legend in his own right. He is good in the ring. I know it. I know it. We know it. We all know it. But at the same time, like, it'd be nepotism. Like, it'd always, it'd always be the asterisk. Well, the only reason you got the championship is because your brother's an EVP. That's not something he want to live with. It's, it's something he'd rather be earned. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, don't get wait, me wrong. Wait. I'm pretty sure he'll get his chance. Okay, okay. okay so, so, so let, let I get, get let me get, let me get this straight. So we're on the same page here. Dustin holding the title is nepotism because his brother is EVP. The world champion is an EVP. No, no, no. That's what I'm trying to. No, no, no. What am I missing? No, no, no. What, 
No, no, it's not that because you said like from the get go you would have gave it to Dustin before. So you said like when when the thing first started you would have gave it to Dustin straight away. Is that isn't that what you just said? I'm saying he was one. He's he's a list of guys that when you said who who would you make a world champion? Because and I'm God. looking at because I'm looking at Dustin's history. That's what I'm looking at. The guy who has been in the business for multiple decades. The guy who has been a top guy. A guy who has been a legend. A guy who has kicked ass in in every company he's been in. A guy who should have been a main eventer, but wasn't for whatever fucked up reason. And the thing is, Dustin is a big fish and what, and yes, they're on TNT, but AEW compared to WWE is still a small pond in a lot of ways. And you have a lot of guys who have been established names that everybody knows and everybody loves. And that is what your world champion should be as you build the other people. The problem with AEW is that they're taking the people that lived in a bubble for most of their lives and treating them as if they're mainstream stars that everybody knows. And they're not. I'm not saying they suck. I'm just saying they're not mainstream. You have mainstream guys. They should have been your main event heavy hitters as you get people used to all the other people and build them up. Like, I, like it fascinates this. Like, and I said this before and I'll say it again because the man can still go. What what, what the fuck is going on with Like, we, we watched Billy Gunn in that ring and he can still fucking go. I'm sitting here going, how is he not in your main event? The motherfucker can still go. He's a goddamn Hall of Fame. You have an established. It's like these are guys that are names, and I don't get like you have names, established names, and you're sleeping on them. And it, it's like you're bringing them out there to be seen and not heard. It's like it's like male eye candy, and it 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 it, it, it blows my fucking mind that they're doing this. And it's one of the things that frustrates it. me. I don't, it drives me insane, dude. Like you got, you got names and guys who can, st and it's not like they're got, not like they're names and they're walking out on, and they got walkers and canes. They're literally out there in incredible shape and keeping up with whatever young, whatever young, young guy you got in there. They can keep up with whatever acrobatic gymnast you throw at them. They're keeping up with that guy. Like, that's why we said before, Chris Jericho, right off the bat, was the perfect guy to be the world champion. And I said, and you know, because why? Because he was their Hulk Hogan. That is your, this is the first time in Jericho's career he's ever been the guy. And even he admits that. He was, in WWE, he was a top guy. In AEW, he's the top guy. That was perfect. And then what do they do? They segued in Moxley, which was also good because he's also a big name, also established. And it was a time it was a time for Moxley to finally show that he's there to be a world champion. Because because when he was Dean Ambrose, they gave him the ball and he fumbled it. They blamed Creative all day long. They, creative was to blame towards the end of his career, but when he was the WWE champion, he dropped the ball himself. So now he gets the world title in AEW. And it's all right, Moxley. It's time to prove that now you're a main event player. It's time to prove that you're worthy of being a world champion. It's time to prove that WWE was wrong. Because if you fail on this run, you got nobody to blame but yourself. And what happened? Took the ball, ran with it, kicked ass. And then, so I'm saying, you got all these other people waiting in the wings that could have taken it. Hell, I, you, you, you get, there's like so many big name stars that you have that can still go. They should be the ones in line being your world champions. Why? So you can get the attention that you need instead of staying in one spot. Right now, Vinny. No, but the thing is, like, they got the attention they need already, though. But we're gonna sit there and put like, uh, you know, um, you know, you wanna sit there and have w like XWE, XWE, whatever. I mean, I know they have to come from somewhere, but at the same time, you gotta build your younger talent too, man. 
get a habit. Yes, he but I'm saying you build. Weed just the whole thing. No, no, no. I get that, but I'm saying you build the younger talent while pushing the names you got. That's that's the thing. See, the problem is people th people see building the young guys as giving them the spotlight. That's not always the case because when people buy tickets to see the names and the stars, they see the other people on the card too. So just because you're not in the main event fighting for the world title doesn't mean you're not getting exposure from the casual fan that's coming to pay money to see that top guy. They still got to sit in the crowd and watch you. And while they're watching, so while they're waiting for the guy they paid money to see, they're watching you and going, okay, okay, who's this? Okay, this Orange Cassidy guy, okay. Uh, he's putting his hands in his pockets. It's fucking weird, but okay. It's somewhat working. Uh, okay, we got, uh, okay, who's this Adam Page guy? Okay, this is, uh... And I just think, okay, cowboy shit, I can get behind this, and then, oh, wait, oh, wait, here's, um, and then you got over here, you know, looking over, okay, there's this Lance Archer dude, uh, oh, Jake Roberts is with him, okay, this has my attention, so that's the point I'm, I'm trying, trying to make, make is, is that you have names that people get behind, it's like, it's like when you go to see a band, you know, you go to see, uh, okay, who, who, uh, fucking, uh, Nickelback. I'm going to throw out Nickelback. Nickelback. All right. Let's say you got Nickelback. You're paying money to go see Nickelback. Some of you probably be going, Vinny, I would never pay money to see Nickelback. Well, you know what? That's the thing I think about the top of my head right now. So people pay money to see Nickelback. I know that's all hard to believe, but it's true. So you're going there to see Nickelback. That's the reason you're there. What do they usually do before Nickelback comes out? I'll tell you. They bring out an opening band. There's a band that hits the stage to open for Nickelback. Or they might throw out a comedian or something else or whatever, but they might have another band come out. That band plays for a little bit to kind of warm up the crowd, get them excited, to get you all ready for when Nickelback hits that stage. Now, they're waiting to see Nickelback. They want to, they want to hear Nickelback. But let's say, okay, we got Nickelback, but before you guys see Nickelback, we have your opening act right here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Batteries Not Included. Let's just, I'll just throw out a name because... Because I always said if I ever started a band, I want to call the band Batteries Not Included. So let's go with that. So Batteries Not Included comes out. They rock the fucking house. So you're sitting here waiting for Nickelback. You're here to see Nickelback. You're not leaving till you see Nickelback. But then you see Batteries Not Included and you go, oh, this is a pretty cool fucking band. All right. Batteries Not Included. I like what they got. All right. Good songs. Good. Oh, that, that guitarist is kick-ass. I like that bassist. Uh, the drummer uh, needs a little work, but he's not bad. Lead singer, great vocals. So, obviously, they lead the stage. Nickelback comes out. They start playing. Never made it as a wise man. Yeah! And you're all happy to see him. I know, but I'm using this example. And then, you know, you're sitting there. You're doing all the songs. Look at this photograph. And you're just singing along. And you have a great time because you saw Nickelback. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, that battery's not included. I got to look them up. So even though nobody paid money to see batteries not included, they weren't on the posters. They weren't on the marquee. Nobody fucking knew they were there. All of a sudden, they're in front of that Nickelback crowd. And some of those Nickelback fans are now going to become Batteries Not Included fans. It's the same thing on a wrestling card. Even if you're not featured in the world title picture, even if you're not featured in a main event spot, even if the main event of an AEW pay-per-view was fucking Chris Jericho versus Matt Hardy. 
they still see the other guys on that card. You still got to see those other matches and get familiar with those wrestlers while you wait for the top guys, Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho. So it builds that crescendo to the main event. And then as they get more established, you build somebody up here. That's why you have the names come in. And that's why you got to treat them like stars. Like, you know, people saw Lance Archer. Unless you're a New Japan guy who knew Lance Archer, you had no idea who the fuck he was. But you saw Jake Roberts next to him, caught your attention right away. Holy shit. I shake the snake. Wow, he ain't been in wrestling in forever. Holy shit, he looks better ever since he got clean. Wow. Because the last time you saw Jake Roberts, he was in a resurrection documentary where he was doing DDP yoga and getting himself off of drugs, which no one thought would ever happen. And it did. And it was an emotional fucking story because he went into the Hall of Fame. Do you see Jake Roberts on AEW? People were more concerned about, holy shit, it's Jake Roberts. Who's this guy he's got with him? And it used to work. Jake would cut the promos. Lance would just stand there. Now Lance is cutting his own promos. I don't know what Jake's doing there anymore. Like, but my point is, you have legends that can still wrestle. Fucking use them, bro. And then bring in your, bring in your, uh, your, I don't want to say internet guys, but in a lot of ways they are, because the guys who are diehard wrestling fans, they're going to watch every week. They're already, the, the Kenny Omega fans are already there. You don't have to bring them to the dance. Oh, we're there already. I have, They've I have been there. camped out. I got my tent all. Exactly. I got my tent over there. I got my Kenny Omega grill. My Kenny Omega um, Foreman grill. Yeah. I got my Kenny Omega boots. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kenny Omega doesn't have to be the AEW world champion to bring in a crowd. There's already a Kenny Omega crowd waiting for him. You want to find the guy who has never heard of this company, has no idea who Kenny Omega is, and you want to bring that guy. You want, you know, the, a lot, that's why I said, who are the other names I would use? The names that people know. Hell, people, hell, I have a whole video where I give Christian shit, but I put the belt on him too. Why? People know that fucking name. And speaking of names, I'll, I'll let you respond to this if you want to, but there is one thing that's caught my eye, and that is the Casino Battle Royal. So do you want to talk about that, or do you have a response to what I just said? I don't know. Kenny is perfect, so that's all my responses. Okay. Well, as you know, the Casino Battle Royal is here with the winner earn a future world title shot. And, of course, some of the guys I mentioned, Matt Hardy, Christian Cage, Dustin Rhodes, they're in this, as well as Hobbs, Pentagon, uh, QT Marshall, who you talked about earlier, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, Cole Cabana, dear God, Evil Uno, God help us all, uh, Jungle Man, Griff Garrison, he's in it too, um, and Jungle Boy as well. Actually, stop, 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 Griff Garrison, no, 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 Let, let's, let's break it down, man. Griff Garrison, you're right, he kind of looks like Jungle Boy, but you know what, though, when I saw him just last night, when I saw him on TV, you know who he reminds me of now? Who? I'm going to say, I'm going to scratch Jungle Boy, because that's not, that's not the person he looks like anymore. Yesterday, he was when he was fighting with uh, Brian Pillman, you know, as a varsity blondes versus yes. the Young Bucks. Yeah. He reminded me of a young Chris Jericho in WCW. Really? Once you see it, once you see it, if you see, like, the pictures from last night, once you see it, you can't unsee it. He went from Jungle Boy to a young Chris Jericho in WCW. I swear to you, I'm not sure what happened, how my mind made that deception or whatever, but when I, as soon as I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. I was like, oh, that's Chris Jericho when he was younger. Yeah. And, but yeah, I I'll look into that. But, of course, now, of course, in the Casino Battle Royal, the winner gets, gets a future world title match. match. Hopefully... At the next pay-per-view, if they're smart. But anyway, um, there's always that one thing in the Battle Royal, Elvis, and that is the TBA, the to-be-announced, to-be-determined person. And it's usually a surprise. Elvis, you got any ideas on uh, who that mystery person might be? CM Punk. Are you sure? No, it's 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 Daniel Bryan, probably. Yeah, I'm thinking it's either Daniel Bryan or somebody else. CM Punk, I got you. 
No, uh, I think it's somebody you wanted to talk about earlier, Elvis. That's why I'm trying to hint around. I don't want to drop the bombshell you wanted to drop. Oh, shit. Velveteen Dream. Yes. Yeah, he got released from NXT. Velveteen. But doesn't he have a... Uh, does he doesn't he have like a ninety day no compete clause? I don't know. Didn't didn't Luke Har- didn't didn't Brody Lee before he jumped? Yeah, but he waited a whole ninety days. He did. Plus. I thought he jumped earlier than that. Yeah, he waited. No, he ju- he he did like the whole ninety days, and then like he had to wait a little bit longer because he wanted to do it like in his hometown, and that's when COVID hit. Right. Forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. I I mean I don't know. I, yeah. I I assume he has a ninety day, so it's probably not him, but it, it could be Daniel Bryan. I'm thinking Daniel Bryan or CM Punk or All Samoa right. Joe. No, Joe's got some time, I think. How long ago was Joe released? Oh, I can't remember, honestly. I know we talked about it. Yeah. I mean, for me, my perfect booking would be would be for Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, and CM Punk all to come at the same time and form their own stable. That would be pretty dope. Yeah. Like, they just kind of, like, invade together. Kind of like in, like, like, like their own version of, like, the Undisputed Era. But don't call themselves Undisputed Era, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. He was released on April 15th. Nope. Not enough time. Yeah, because he did, because he was, because his last appearance was WrestleMania 37 when he did commentary in the poncho with Michael Cole. And he was. Well, re- he was released. So does he, does he have a 90-day 90, uh, 90 thing, whatever? Because, um, what's his name? Andrade, he was released, but he's already working AAA. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know if he has a 90 day or not. Or does 90 day only apply to like uh, televised shows? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. But I'm saying it could be Daniel Bryan, could be Velveteen Dream, could be Samoa Joe. I just know they try their best to make to make it a surprise, and it's always like a really big name. Well, except for the last one, because yeah, he I, does have one. I just looked up right now. Samoa Joe does have a 90 day non compete clause. Okay. Do we know if Daniel Bryan does? Daniel Bryan does? I said, do we know if he does? Uh, let me see. His contract ended. He wasn't released. Oh, damn. So I think that means he can go. Now, it's a non-compete. He could show, like, Samoa Joe can't sign, uh, can't uh, go over there. Actually, hold on. Let me check something real quick. I'm trying to see something. Nope. Doesn't I'm matter. I'm look up something right now. Hold on. I'm looking up something about Samoa Joe. Hold on. Looks like Matt Hardy was reaching out to Samoa Joe when he was released. He's like, hope to see you soon, buddy. Wow. Wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, but let me see. Let me see. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, 90-day. Ladies and gentlemen, drumroll, please. Daniel Bryan does not have a 90-day non-compete because his contract expired. He was not let go. Oh, I think he's coming. Wouldn't it be crazy that uh, he wins, like, the Casino Battle Royal and then faces a champion? That'd be crazy. Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan, or let's, let's say it the right way, Bryan Danielson? Yeah. Well, and then here's the question. If he wins, does he beat Kenny? I sure hope so. Yeah. Because having Daniel Bryan's first day go over there, win the Battle Royal, they plug up the pay-per-view. That's going to sell a lot of pay-per-views. Yes. How do you not make him champion? And having Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson as your champion, how does that, how does that not get people involved? It, it does. It does. As I, and I'll admit, like, even though I and I know I've said some shit about Daniel Bryan, but I'm talking about just him in WWE. I made it very clear that I want him to go somewhere else. So I just I just don't want to see him in a WWE ring anymore. Put him somewhere else. That's what I'm saying. If I see him in AEW, I'm totally fine with that. And they would be stupid not to put the belt on him because he again brings in a bigger audience. And as much as AEW drools over the demo. You do have to show growth at some point, or TNT's going to look at you like, what the fuck? So, I don't know, man. AEW has a second show coming now. Yes, 
But is that is that second show on TNT or is that another YouTube thing? No, it's I think it's on TBS. It's gonna be called Rampage. And it's gonna be on, but it's actually gonna be on TV. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the thing. Because lately, every time they come up with a show, it's on YouTube. Like for Christ's sake, they have the big show doing commentary on a YouTube show. Want to grab somebody by the neck and go, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Like that. That's the thing that bothers me. They sign big names and don't use them. Like it makes my head hurt. So AW Rampage to debut on TNT on August 13th. Am I moving TBS? Moving to TBS in January. So start, it's going to start up on TNT, then move to TBS. Rampages? Yep. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it said Dynamite was going to move to TBS. No. Okay. The I way the way you phrased that. that, it sounded like you were saying Dynamite was moving to TBS. I was about to say. No, it's Whoa. Rampage. It's it's the second show, pretty much. Okay, so it's going to start up on TNT and then move to TBS. Smart. Turner owns both. Put them on two channels. It's genius. Cool. Well, I think we got one more segment left. All right. Um, Benny, it's time. Okay. Um, it's time for your tarot cards. Yes. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, Mystic Elvis is here. Only instead of horoscopes this week, he's going to do tarot readings. So, yes. Call me now for your like, free tarot reading. So, your tarot reading cards, Benny. I am moving the the. The, the cursor left and right. You just tell me when to stop for the first one. Okay. Like, I don't know where, I don't know when, but something awful is going to happen. And definitely don't matter that fat man, they only want you for your money, girl. And okay. stop. Okay. And you got five more. Okay. And stop. And four more. Okay. And stop. Three more. I'm sitting on a tin can. Stop. Two more. Two more. Okay. Velveteen Dream. E R E A N. Stop. One more. Dish portion of the booch cash is sponsored by Anchor. Start your podcast today. Give me my fucking money. Stop. All right. Let's get the reading for Vinny Bucci. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Universal six card spread. Okay. Card one. How do you feel by yourself? Judgment. Oh, wow. You feel this is an end to an era or at least a certain phase of your life. You are taking stock and looking where you want to go from here. This ending is not one for regret, but for rejoicing. Soon you enjoy the rewards of your past efforts. As with any period of endings, many opportunities will present themselves and the choice that you you make will have far-reaching implications that can change your life dramatically. Wow, it's a good start. Yeah. Number two, card number two, what do you want most right now? The Empress. This card suggests that she, that at this time you desire comfort, security, and happiness and may well need some emotional support and reassurance. If you are considering having a baby, the desire will be very strong at this time or perhaps you're already pregnant you have some concerns. If you're a male, perhaps you are considering fatherhood or someone with someone but have concerns. Things will turn off fine. Just know that you are loved. There are people around you who care. Yeah. Before you read that next card, I just want to point out I'm glad they had a male section to that because I was like, okay, um, pregnant thing, can't really do that. And I'm not looking for an Arnold Schwarzenegger route. But you are you are willing to get some girls pregnant. I get you. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, number three, your fears, the hermits. You are worried about being on your own and afraid of loneliness. And you simply don't know what to do. 
Take the time to relax and eventually you will have the answers. The hermit signals a warning not to make hasty decisions and try not to get too stressed. And if you have been unwell for this time, if you have been unwell, this is a time for rest and recuperation. Okay. Aside from the loneliness part, they got me pretty much down. Uh, card number four, what is going for you? Strength. Braveheart. Your self-conscious and courageous spirit is unstoppable at this moment. Be patient and compassionate, self-disciplined and strong, and you will reap great rewards for your courage. Good for you. Hmm. Card number five, what is going against you? The world. Whoa. As always, fear holds us back and often opt leads to missed opportunities. Do not give up or change direction this late in the game just because you have experienced delays. Stick with your plan, have faith, and trust the universe, and you will reach successful conclusion you are wanting. And my god, this is so fitting. The likely outcome. So the card number six is called the likely outcome, and the card you pulled was death. This is not bad. Um, this is a transformational time for you. However, turbulent or perhaps distressing some of the events your life may be, endings will leave room for brand new beginnings. This is a fresh start in life for you. Embrace it and live every day as if it were your last. Life is for the living. So, wow, that's pretty good. There's two things about transformations. Um, uh, what you got going for you is the courage and the spirits. Um, you got the hermit for your fears. You got the empress for what you care most about right now. And then how you feel about yourself. Um, what would you say that these are... Uh, pretty pretty evident what's going on i mean yeah i mean you know obviously talking about you know opportunities and changes i've definitely gone through a few of those um the fatherhood thing is kind of a throw me off because i have not thought about having kids i mean it's it's something that it would depend on the girl that i'm with because I, i've always been a firm believer in this is that you know, people talk about like, you know, I want to be a mom. I want to be a dad. Those are good things. But I believe that um, when you think about that, like having a kid, I think you should be more concerned with who the mom of that kid or the dad of that kid, if you're a girl, uh, who the other parent's going to be rather than just I want to have a kid. Because I believe if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're truly in love with this person, but they don't want to have kids. I don't think that's something that should stand in the way of that happiness. Because you might leave that person and find somebody else who wants to have kids, but you don't love as much, and that can make the relationship awkward. So would I love to have kids someday? Yes. But I would have to find the right woman that I would want to be the mom of those kids. So it's a little complicated. And also, the loneliness thing, I'm like, I've never been depressed about being alone. Maybe when I was a kid, but, you know, you know, after years of working in retail and the asshole people I've dealt with, being alone sometimes is how I self-care. That's my, that's, that's, that's my self-medicating is just having a moment where I'm just I'm by myself and away from everybody. That way, when I'm actually around the people I give a shit about, it's a lot more fun, you know. So that part never really understood. But the rest of it, that's pretty accurate. Pretty damn accurate. Like, these are good. Like, it scares me how good this is. Like, holy shit. This shit's for real, ladies and gentlemen. I'm learning that. Mr. Elvis knows all. <laughs> yes, he does. This is, I'll tell you, this is not a Miss Cleo situation. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Because he is hitting all these, he's he's hitting these right on the head. All right, so let's see what I have for me. For Elvis D, how do you feel by yourself? Death. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> Perhaps you feel that everything you have known is falling apart, unexpected changes and turmoil, end of a job, end of a career, divorce, or end of a relationship, recovering from a bereavement or a fear of bereavement. Try to worry too much. This time of absolute endings, heralds, and a brand new beginning, a period of great transformation. 
Wow. I started with death. That's amazing. Uh, what you want most right now? What you want most right now is a new love in your life, and a magician appears. A new love affair, or perhaps a rekindled affair, is at hand. All new things are possible. The result is up to you. It depends on how much you want it. Thanks, tarot cards, you bastard. <laughs> um, your fears, the lovers. Someone's heart is ruling their head. You are so afraid of being hurt that you are remaining paralyzed in non-action. To have or not, or not to have. To stay or to go. Throw caution to the wind. Greatness, great happiness awaits if you can trust what you feel. Ignore the fear of doing it anyway. Card number four. What is going for you? The sun is shining on you. It's, it's your time for success, joy, and happiness. You will feel confident and full of vitality. It's a time to celebrate with friends and loved ones. Perhaps enjoy a well-earned holiday. <gasps> Wait a second. That's what I'm doing. A time of pleasure and good news around children or the concept or the conception or birth of a long for baby. If you're not feeling this way, if you're not feeling this way, take heart. You will enter this period soon. I don't know about that. Um, what is going against you? The star. This is a period of tension and frustrations. You feel pessimistic and fearful that your hopes will be dashed. Any bad luck may you may be having is primarily down to your self-doubt and negativity. Have faith and that your luck will change. And last but not least, the card number six, the likely outcome, the hermits. This is time for you to be alone or or may herald a time of loneliness. Take this time for quiet introspection and rest. Don't worry, you will find the answers. But the hermit signals a warning not to make hasty decisions. If you have been unwell in this time, if you have been, if you have been unwell, now is the time for rest and recuperation. Fantastic. All right. Well, some of them are on and some of them are like, what? <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> Who knows what the future holds, unless you're Mystic Elvis and knows it all. Yes, Mystic Elvis knows all. Well, I, I like this little switch around. We went from uh, horoscopes to tarot, so I wonder what's going to be next. Who knows? Yeah. Mystic Elvis knows. It's in the <laughs> Well, we'll definitely talk about that uh, next time, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, as we mentioned before, uh, Elvis will not be on the show uh, next week because um, he is going out of town. So we're going to have some things in there. Like I said, I'm probably going to be doing Double or Nothing by myself unless Desmond decides to do the recap with me, which I want him to do, but we'll see what happens. Um, as far as, uh, as far as this, and then of course we'll have a segment with me and Zach that was recorded a very long time ago, but we're finally going to find room for it on the episode. So that'll be out next week. Yes, it's called the, the episode will be called The Friend Zone. And um, we're going to call it so. We'll have that coming out to you guys uh, next week as well. And of course, Elvis, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I hope you enjoy your uh, vacation, and uh, we'll definitely talk to you when you get back. Hopefully, you'll tell us all about it. Oh, I will. I'll probably talk about how drunk I was the whole time and got sunburned to the third degree. I probably lost a, a chancleta. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys uh, follow us here on Anchor as well as on Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Pick your favorite hosting site, follow us there, and make sure you guys, uh, you know, enjoy the show. Like I said, pick your favorite hosting site, follow us there, follow us on all four if you want. It's Either way, we appreciate it. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content for you guys to enjoy, including the interview with Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. Make sure you guys check that out as well. Deeply appreciate it. 
Also, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. I know Elvis has said that he's pretty much done with social media, but if his wife posts something really cool, chances are you'll still see Elvis on the Boochcast Instagram page. So keep following us there. Also, make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we still got a lot of great videos up there for you guys. We have our D&D one-shot, our wrestling watch parties, as well as multiple episodes of the Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, which and um, we have new episodes coming soon. We're going to have the Brian, Brian Pillman videos will be up there, the Nick Gage video, as well as Collision in Korea. We'll have that as well for you guys, so make sure you guys check out. Stay tuned to Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring. And you can do that by hitting the subscribe button and ringing that bell to be notified when Boochcast YouTube content comes your way. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next one will be August 22nd for WWE SummerSlam. So make sure you guys are prepared to come check us out there. Also, our D&D show is coming soon. We're just trying to get all of our shit together. Um, actually, let me rephrase that. We're making, we're trying to get our DM to get all his shit together. And also, we got a big surprise for the D&D show. We cannot reveal what it is yet, but when we can, let me tell you, you're going to fucking love it. And the best part is, on Twitch, you can live chat with us during the D&D show, as well as the Wrestling Watch parties that will later be archived to YouTube. But if you really want to join in all the fun, you got to follow us on Twitch. Also, Twitch content will be coming your way as well. New Twitch content. And of course, you can support the show. You know what? Support the show through Anchor. That's right. Go to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Uh, hashtag feed Zach Ramen Noodles. And you guys can become a supporter of the Boochcast. And you can choose whichever um, amount you want to donate. You can donate anywhere from $0.99 cents to $4.99 to $9.99 a month. And um, we are going to come up with some great rewards for the people who contribute to each uh, tier, each platform. Uh, pick the one you want. No pressure at all. And uh, you can, and uh, best part is all affordable. So you ain't got to worry about breaking the bank. You ain't got to worry about, um, you know, worrying about your payments. I look at it like this. If you're already spending $9.99 on the network and you live in the United States, take that $9.99, bring it here to the Boochcast. We're just as entertaining. Also, if you don't want to fuck with Peacock, guess what? $4.99. So we're literally Peacock prices right here. You get more entertainment than you do from the peacock and of course we have 99 cents so you know if you got a dollar you can spare boom send it there and we'll have and we'll come up with some great rewards to dish out to you guys for supporting this show because your support means the world to us and until next time this is vinnie bucci aka the booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then Pizza, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to uh, go home, go to your loved one, do a big hug, and just say, you know what? I fucking hate you. Good night, good luck, I'll see you next week, or two weeks. Goodbye. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. Eddie. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>